Hi, I'm Jack Lawrence, artist on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Lions, Tigers and Bears and Timbot Hobo, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. This is the, the one time I can go and make fun of everyone about how fat they got, and I'll be all right. Nice. Yeah. 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 You're going so in lean and mean. I'm using it, it as an opportunity to, to, to gloat. I mean, we're obvious, we're obvious contemporaries like these days, you know, and, and on, on most levels, you know, kids, marriage, like we are. But, but when you say, like, you graduated high school in 83, that, that fucking seems crazy to me. Like, I mean, I was nine, dude. Like, that's crazy to me. <laughs> oh, you, and you still probably got more tail than I did. No. So there you go. At nine, at nine, I weighed about, I was about 30 pounds overweight, big Coke bottle glasses. No kidding. That is funny to me. Playing with G.I. Joe's. Well, that was, I was playing with G.I. Joe's until I was 30. Look at that that shit. (laughs) That never stopped. That's my shit, yo. My shit, son. Goodness. Son. What's up, son? Shout out to Julian, who got an artist alley table at uh, New York Comic Con. Cool. Yay. Yo, I've been rolling up the art count, the art sons. Roll it up. Got lots of art on lockdown. I think Locked I up. You got I think chunk? I get a commission. I think that was the best. I get a commission some point in the next year, um, courtesy of our our buddy Freaky Tiki. Oh, oh, Cardinal Steel, uh, Cardinals. Uh, now, 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 magic number. As of as of Wednesday night is one with three games to play, and so the Cardinals would have to be swept by the Cubs, and Pittsburgh would have to sweep the um, uh, the Reds. And I don't think that either one of those things is going to happen. So you well, bet you bet him art, though. So no, we I think we I think we bet a commission up to a certain dollar. Well, yeah, same thing. It's cool. Yeah, All right, I respect nice. it. Nice. Yeah, so we'll see. So thanks, Tim, in advance. Hi, Tim. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 284. Well, that depends. If 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 we're not over a certain amount of time, then yes, Tim is still listening. Well, it's the beginning, so he is yeah, still Tim. with us. If okay. we go over a certain amount of time, Tim nor I will be listening. And I am Vince B. <laughs> yes, you are. I'm the timekeeper, apparently. Chris Neesman. <laughs> he said apparently. I know. I this. <laughs> That's good. Um, <laughs> we're going to debate that. I'm David Price. A lively David Price. I am, yeah. I am. I like that. And fresh off my smash hit, I am Clark Gregg. No. Did you finally see it? No, he didn't. Finally, dude. No, I, it came out last night. 
I was on a flight to Minneapolis from Minneapolis. I had parent teacher until one minute before I dialed into Skype. I have not. It's been twenty four hours, bro. You're really? not allowed to talk about Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. Loved it. You're not allowed to say a word about the plot. Yet you're going to introduce yourself as okay. because I am, but just because I was in the show, I didn't. I only I only know the parts that I had scenes in. Oh. The rest of y'all had. I don't. This were plebeian. I don't watch the rest uh, of that. No, you're not a life model decoy. You, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to have to leave for a while tonight, Jason. Dude, it's gotta, it's not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> That will eventually become the vision. You are Jason Wood, everybody. Do you know who he's married to? Who is he married to? In real life, I mean. I don't know. Jennifer Dirty Dancing Gray. Really? Yeah. Awesome. It's nice that someone's actually making money in the family. He's about, I would say he's about 43. Anyone else want to guess? Without looking it up. Uh, 48. No, I'd say younger than that. I I I want to say thirty eight. Chris is uh, closest. He's fifty one. Wow. Yeah, it's a good looking dude, right? Yeah. Who's, who's, who's not good looking? Jennifer Gray looks like a grandma now, dude. Wow. <laughs> and you know, you know what? There's no, there's absolutely no gray area uh, in the discounts you will receive from our sponsors, <laughs> Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get anywhere from thirty to 75% off their monthly spotlighted specials. Now, the new discounts are not up yet because the previews just came out today. But as I always say, you can rest assured that the discounts will be plentiful and very, very deep. They uh, ship them all up nice and secure to your house. You can set the frequency at which you receive these books. The frequency, you, Kenneth. you can get them monthly. You can get them biweekly. You can get them weekly. Any way you want it, they will do it. Uh, if you're a first-time customer, you can uh, enter the following code into the pre-moistened slot and get an extra 8% off your already massively discounted order. David, tell the people at home what that discount code is. That discount code is EOC8. EOC8 will get you an extra 8%. They do not mind late orders. You can sneak in another wire or far past the wire or order additions, and you can get your previews really cheap. Now, like I said... I don't know what's going to be discounted this month, but I want y'all to keep an eye out for this. When I saw this, I immediately thought of my brother David. Yes, and the fact that we probably will be ordering this from Super Genius Comics. Never heard of them before. Jason, it's WWE number one. Really? Written written by Mick Foley. Featuring a not... What? See, Dude, I, for, let's see. Licensed comic, yeah, by a company we've never heard of before. But it's, it's yeah, written, that's a winner. But it's written by Mick Foley. It's only two ninety nine, and there's Wait, written by Mick Foley. I thought it was yeah. No, written no. by Mick Foley. And there's four different. There's a, there's a Paula Dean comic coming out. <laughs> there's, there's four it was different on the morning news the other day. They're talking Water. about it. Yeah, yeah, by of course. I was going to say, of course, Foley. <laughs> four different covers. There's a there's a parody of this man this monster featuring David who CM Punk CM Punk clobbering time. you got to get this it starts out with a battle between uh, Mark Henry and John Cena and it escalates dragging in CM Punk uh, it says here Fandango Sheamus Mr McMahon Vicky Guerrero Booker T why wouldn't you buy this. Hmm. 
two ninety nine. Come on, you got to get it. Uh, and where can you get it? Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Go there because they're the best, bitches. No friggin' doubt. That's right. Uh, and we will be seeing. Well, uh, most of us will be seeing the uh, the wonderful Merkler family. Uh, they see you first, apparently from, from past right. performance. They're gonna just blow right on by your skinny ass. Pardon? Well, you say you always never cross paths with them whenever you're at a, a con. I said that's by design. I think that's by design. Yeah. Shh, here comes Jason. Well, over here. they're good at avoidance. That may be, but that's why I said <laughs> of us will see them. You, you two will see them. That's right. Because they don't avoid you guys. It's because we're lovable. Well, you know. Yeah. yeah. Good All right. That's cool. Shout out to uh, Sean Pryor and the, the Black Box crew for um, having 100 episodes. They actually, one hundred one already, but but the hundredth came out. So nice, right yep. on. Mm-hmm. That's, Excellent. Yeah. That's that's hard. I, yeah, I don't know. Do people even listen to podcasts anymore? They do us. They do us ours. Yeah, sure. That's, regardless okay. of the time, seventy-two thousand downloads. Apple's not making it easier on people. That's yeah, for sure. I yeah. Know. yeah. I, now they 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 used us, and now they're going to abuse us. That's okay. We don't pay them anything. True. That's true. That's yeah. true. We don't get anything, but we don't pay them anything either. They're also true. <laughs> um, uh, we sh- uh, drink roll call. Sure. Okay. Um, because I have comics to talk about. Oh, I nice. went. I went to a comic book shop today, and get I the fuck out of here. And <laughs> I bought single issues of comic books. Nice. What? I felt what? dirty. No. I did. I felt like I was. I felt like I was buying smut. That's like communion. Actually, one of them is kind of smutty. Uh, even better. Yeah, it's uh, even got it's got sex in the in the title. Oh. Um, uh, but we should talk about what we're drinking first. Um, David, you I think are already half lit, so I'm gonna start with you. Oh yeah, I uh, oh, I I had a um Bombing. I had a shot of of Belvedere earlier, uh, but right. now <laughs> I am because um, it's in the freezer, man. It's so good, nice and chilled. <laughs> but I'm having um. The uh, a little bit less than I had last time, but I, I made my uh, the 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 whiskey three way that that Mario and Ryan Gobo and I have have tried before. So that's what I'm sipping on tonight. You which is the the, the three way. That's that, you like that, right? But yeah, that's the that's the Jack, Johnny, and uh, in my case, the Rittenhouse. I I may have to Man, try that. Uh, yes, that that frightens me. Uh, Jason, how about you? <laughs> He's unbelievable. He's on, yeah, okay, Vince. Liquid. I'm drinking liquid. Water. It's brown liquid. 10W30? No. Sorry, my computer froze up. I was Pepe. literally, I thought it was going to, when it unfroze, just have knocked me off of Skype, but I guess oh, it did. Oh, boy. Oh, you got a Surface too? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I do right this second, uh, but no, I'm unfrozen. So did you already ask me what I was drinking, Chris? Yes. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking some uh, Meritage. Uh, a Ster- it's a Sterling Vintners Collection. 2011 uh, California Meritage. It's uh, it's quite 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 tasty, dry as a mug, which I love. Really, I like that. Mm. Yeah, wonderful, uh, Mr. B. What well, uh, the Diet Pepe Max? The Diet Pepe <laughs> Mac, yeah, huh? yeah, Brown. Put uh, of CM Punk's tattoo. That's right. I'm being yeah. faithful. Go for it. Uh, I am drinking a special 
new beer from Revolution. It's one that um, I better get my comic review in earlier because uh, it could be um, slurry later. Uh, this is their new. It's it's actually really really cool. It's called Death Star, and it is their bourbon barrel aged Russian Imperial Stout. Well, and it's it's barrel aged uh, four different types of bourbon barrels: uh, Old Fitzgerald. Old Forrester, Elijah Craig, and Evan Williams, and then they blend all of those together to uh, to make one um, amazingly death death um, Russian Imperial Stout, and it's it weighs in uh, just a tad under twelve percent. Wow! Yeah, it's ripes. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's yummy. So you know what they should do? They should. Um Put a little trench in the neck of the bottle, and ha- and have the stuff actually pour out from a little teeny tiny hole. <laughs> there you go. And that's about it. Si- about what? About the size of a? Is it a womp rat? It's just like hunting womp rats back in. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so it's a, yeah. No, it's a it's a very it's a very Russian um, motif on the label. But they had the bottle release party at the brewery, and I stopped there on the way home, and they had little uh, Darth Vader cookies. I'm um, set out on the <laughs> table. So, yeah, it's, it's deaths, D-E-T-H apostrophe S. Oh. So it's deaths. Oh, okay. Star. Like Metaloc, Metaloc, yeah. Like yeah. Metal, I, okay. I mean, it's definitely a play on Death Star, but it's death, which who I think is one of the people that works at the brewery and tar because it's very thick and dark and, and black. So, but it's, it's freaking delicious. I mean, if you, if you are a stout fan, and getting into the barrel aged stuff, this is, it's, uh, it's damn near a liqueur. 12%? It's, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. I'll tell you what, if I ever start a craft beer company, I'm going to name my stout, Stout Like Shout. I like that. Mm-hmm. What is that? Revolution could go with that. You know, like I'm out like Shout. I don't, I don't know what that means. You got to unlearn. <laughs> okay. Let's unlearn some comics. Let's fucking do it, dude. I'm gonna let Chris go first, so he doesn't. Yeah, he's all fired up. Before be, I get all be slurry. Uh, I, I, yeah, I read it. Yeah, what? yeah. I, you know, I don't. Uh-oh. I don't. I don't want to say that I don't have an opinion about it. I don't know <laughs> what my final opinion is on I was it. I say, I hope um, you didn't decide to talk about something you don't have an opinion on. Well, <laughs> well, wait. What are we I talking about? I don't. I don't have. I haven't. I haven't formulated my my final opinion, so maybe you guys can help me with this. And it's the first issue, so you never know, you know, after you know four or five issues mm-hmm. where you're gonna where you're gonna be with this. But um, talking about sex criminals by uh, by uh, Matt Fraction, and I'm gonna uh, I, I'm gonna butcher the uh, the artist name. It's um, uh, Zadarsky, right? Zadarsky. Mm-hmm. Those so, covers are gorgeous. Chip Zadarsky. Yeah. The uh the cover is the cover's fantastic. I mean yeah. the cover is it's really really good. By yeah. Image Comics we should say. As well. yes. It is yeah, it, it is by Image at uh 350 oh, wow. um came out today. Um call me. Jesus. <laughs> great time with Braun at Riot Fest. Yeah, that's what he told he actually I was talking to him uh the other day and he he told me he had a blast with you. Yeah, yeah, it was really, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, more, probably more music talk than, than comics talk, which was, which was fine, but we did get to talk uh, about what's going on at Image. And boy, he's just, he is happier than a pig and shit there. He is having so much fun and Image has got so much cool stuff going on. Well, and as David and I saw at Baltimore, uh, 
no surprise to, to anyone that knows Ron personally, but you know Ron's killing it and already like mm-hmm. you know big, big you know the big big man. You know people know him like living the I'm dream. Not who, I'm not going to say who, but a, a creator that we've known for a long time. We were hanging out at their table talking to them, and they're a, they're not a, a a fledgling creator. They're someone that's got a ton of published work to their credit. Yeah, and they're looking to pitch a creator-owned book, and uh, we were just chilling with them, and and then they you know they were pitching. They're like, yeah, you know, we got to pitch into Image, and I'm like, oh, great. I'm like, so how, how does that work when you pitch Image? Like, you, you sit you sit down with like Eric, or, and they're like, no, actually, uh, like we pitched like Ron Richards, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, wow, that's weird. I'm like, I'm going to have lunch with him in about ten minutes, and the guy like, looked at me like, really? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like Ron, I shouldn't be sitting this in the air because Ron's head's already big enough. But that's funny. Well, I mean, yeah, you look in the in the back of uh, of Sex Criminals, and you know, you got you know Pretty Deadly coming out uh, by by his uh, his better half, um, and and Emma Rios, which looks great, and then you've got um, uh, uh, three by what was Karen Gillan and um, um, who's the artist like Kelly? Um, is that the uh, local Kelly? The guy that did local? Yeah, Ryan Kelly. Yeah, Ryan Kelly. Yeah. And then what looks really good, I'm excited about, is um, is Velvet. Oh, Velvet, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Brubaker and Epstein, which is one of my favorite writer-artist teams. It's like Southern Bastards. Yeah, oh, which is going to be great. So, yeah, they've got some, some really yeah. exciting stuff coming out. Well, let's talk about um, Sex Criminals. Um, what I liked about it, A, I liked the cover a lot. Um, B, I like that whenever you open up the cover, there's no title page, there's no ad, there's no list of creators. It is like you turn it and the inside of the cover is page one, panel one. And it, you know, it's, it, it's similar to some TV shows that, you know, you go from commercial break of the last TV show and it throws you right into the action. You know, no, no, no warning, no, um, uh, no credit roll, no nothing. And so this, this book throws you right in and you are immediately in the story. Um, from there, Jason, what did you think? I, I, there I'm I'm good. Okay, well so alright, first of all, um I I had heard some pre like some some pre release interviews by Fraction about this. And that definitely colored the way I approached the book because his goal was auspicious in that he said, you know, he loves as I'm sure many of us do, of at least people of our age, um, you know, some of his favorites, like escapist entertainment is like you know, like those eighties like like sex comedies, you know, like just sort of like and you know, and and there's 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 he was talking at the, during the interview about like there's been you know modern renditions of that too like uh, you know uh, like like bridesmaids or you know forty year old version but you know like 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 just just that that kind of like that kind of comic approach and he wanted to do that type of thing in a comic book because he didn't know that it had ever been done so an auspicious attempt right like so I went into it like framing it against that like okay I'm gonna about to get like an uproarious eighties like eighties style like sex comedy. And that is not, I mean, I don't feel like that's what I got. Like, I don't, I didn't find it to be like, uh, I don't, I didn't find it to be hilarious, you know? I mean, it was definitely a lighthearted book, but I didn't come away laughing hysterically at any part or thinking, oh, that's so funny. Um, uh, so, so from that expectation, you know, um, I don't know that it was met per se. Um, yeah. I like Zdarsky's work a lot. It's, I mean, it's, it's by design very cartoony. Um, right. He he does a lot with panel layouts. Um, you know, they're like the first page of the book is uh, 
I don't know, like 16 panels maybe? 16, yeah. yeah. With a, with a uh, full page, it's inset into a, a full page splash, you know, opposite, which is right. pretty, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty explicit, you know, from, it's, it's like from the word, from, yeah, from the word go, I mean, you know, this is uh, a mature content, which actually on the, the back, the back cover, um, the, the, uh, it says for mature readers, duh, don't sell <laughs> this to a kid. What are you nuts? Seriously. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's mature, it's mature content. And that's, you know, that's, that was kind of my thing with it. It's, we jump into it and it's like, okay, where's he, where's he going with this? And it's the, the flashback where this, where this girl is, or this, you know, this woman is telling the story of, of how she grew up and the traumatic traumatic event that that really changed the course of her childhood and 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 how that kind of helped shape her into the person she is and and how she kind of um um became very um very captured by um sexual escapism and that's that's kind of you know I'm starting to you know try and go okay what what what's Matt trying to say with this and that's something I find myself doing with a lot of fraction books is I feel like he's a lot of times on the verge of saying something and then he tells like a dick and fart joke and <laughs> it, and, and I'm just like uh okay I you know I'm looking for the looking for the the deeper meaning and then I I. I don't know if there is one or, or if it is there, you know, if I'm, you know, A, missing it or B, trying to look for something that's not there. I mean, do you ever, you ever feel yeah, that I way? I know what you're saying about Fraction, although I would say, again, in this case, maybe because I heard him preface the book, I think you're probably looking for something that's not there this time and that he, he really does just want to tell a fun, sexually or, you know, sexually mature uh, comedy story. Um, and, and he said he, he realized that doing this would be challenging because, you know, in a comic book, while there's many great things about comic book storytelling that you can get away with versus TV or movies, there are inherent challenges as well in that, you know, so much of, of comedy is, is, is the, the physical pratfall or the staging, and that's difficult to pull off in a, a you know, a, a, a sequential, you know, flat sequential artwork. Well, well I think Zdarsky's a good, a good choice art-wise then because he, he definitely captures the, the awkward moment very mm-hmm. well. And a lot of this is awkward teenage stuff. So it kind of reminded me of Heather's in a way, if you, definitely. If you've ever, oh, yeah. if you've ever seen that like movie. A, you know, any kind of like yeah. female driven coming of age type of thing where, easy, like freaks easy, and geeks, easy, like where the chicks like, yeah, Easy A is a good one. Yep, that's a good one. I mean, I would say this. I mean, and I don't think we're giving anything away because it was in the solicit. This, the, the, the protagonist or the female lead of the story, her, her conceit is that when she has an orgasm, or, or at least when she orgasms from masturbating, she freezes time, literally. She freezes time. Oh, that's, sh- that's, my wife that's, is going to sue. That's her mutant powers that she's right, able to, bangs, to stop time. Yeah. Right. But when she bangs, like for reals, like in, in the most cases, dudes, but every now and then a chick. Um, it doesn't happen, you know. Presumably because the orgasm isn't as good. Um, and and then she she meets someone who perhaps you know helps in that regard, and and then we kind of get off to what looks to be sort of a caper type of a thing at the end, you know, as the book goes on. So um, so, so imagine, you know, that's one of the the superpowers that you know always gets mentioned. It's like you know, if you could pick a superpower, what would it be? Oh, I'd love to be able to stop time. And you're like, oh, if I could stop time, I could go in and I could rob a bank, or I could, you know, steal this or take, you know, do whatever. And that's kind of the idea. 
but you have to orgasm in order to do that. So I'm down it, with it. I was it's, just, that's pretty awesome. You get to bust a nut, and then you, you, you can go pull off a heist. That's pretty cool. I mean, it, what, what's yeah, and and that you know that's kind of the the opening scene is setting that up that you know these two people are in a bathroom, banging, trying to get off, and then you find out later that they're doing that in order to to escape, you know, because the, the jig is up. That's I very guess. clever. And it is funny moments like there's a, a, a scene where the girl is trying she, because she, you know, she discovered she could do this while she was masturbating for the first time. <laughs> And then she tries to ask, you know, as with many children, she she doesn't have a natural outlet to learn about sex, right? Because her parents are, you know, kind of uh, closed off about it. And so she, she doesn't have any siblings. So she just doesn't really know how to learn or who to talk to about sex. So she finally befriends this other girl who's, quote, unquote, one of the sluts at the school. And the girl, they have some interaction. And the girl's like, all right, I'm going to teach you everything I know about sex. And she go, they go into the bathroom and she starts drawing a marker on the bathroom door, different sexual positions. But, you know, it was pretty funny because, you know, it's like, I mean, they're I not like the Dutch microwave. I want to try that. Yeah, the exactly. Dutch microwave. Like, it's like a dude banging a girl's, you know, breast. And then it's like shrimping. And it's like, they're like, in this, but like, it's like Davidson, there's a Dutch microwave where it's a girl. The, with cho- a, the, the chocolate McKitten. Yeah. And the Dutch microwave is a guy eating out a girl's ass with a brown paper bag over his head. And then, <laughs> and then it's like, uh, and then it's E.T. the sex movie. Where she's <laughs> it's just looking at finger up I'm writing this down for future. Well, I shouldn't because I have the book. I'll just, oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Two is a guy and a girl sticking her ass together and loafing it. Uh, <laughs> there's like, there's a, it sounds so it, much funnier when Jason describes well, it, well, it's though. Like, it's like it's like it was like a page and a half of Chester Five Thousand. Yeah, there's the user agreement where a, a chicken <laughs> sitting and and he and the guy is like on all fours and she's got her laptop on his back using it like a table and then she's she's giving him a foot job while, while she's on the laptop like just hilarious like which was, that stuff struck me as really funny like I think there were definitely some funny moments um you know but but. Uh, but I'm, to Chris's point, I'm not sure exactly like what we're getting out of this book. Like I don't know, um, because it, it's it's kind of like a heist book. It's a superpowers book. It's a romantic it's a, comedy it's a book. It's got jokes. I, so I don't know. Again, based on his pre-publishing interviews, it looks like it's going to be more than anything a comedy. But you know, there are a lot of different things going on in the first issue. So you know, that was one of the things that I. Once again, I don't know if I. I don't know if I like it. I, I'm not for sure if it was if it was successful, because that you start with you start with this horrible scene of her father dying, and she keeps saying, "Well, the jokes are coming, I promise." And right. then it's more horrible things happening to her in her early childhood, and it's like, "I promise you, it's going to be funny." And so he keeps telling you over the first three or four or five pages that don't worry this is a comedy it's going to get funny and the thing is whenever i whenever i first picked up the book i didn't know you the cover does not tell you it's a comedy the right. the opening two pages definitely don't tell you it's a comedy and so then you go to page three and it says the jokes are coming i promise and my my problem with was is when did you promise me that there were jokes coming? Okay, it's a, so that was my first inclination that funny things were going to happen, and so it started on a very on a very not it started on a, on a on a very mature note. Then it went to a really morbid note, 
And then it's like, oh, by the way, this is a comedy. And I'm like, okay. And it was, it was literally, you know, another, another two pages before we had our first kind of dark comedy gag. And then, and then really it's, it's, it's deeper into the book where before you get into, into anything that, that's remotely funny. So, you know, Jason, I, Honestly, I didn't even think of it as a comedy until we started talking about it. So, mm-hmm. I because I I didn't see the trailer for the movie. I guess. Sure, sure, yeah, no, exactly, yeah, and that's why I say probably that's where it's different to me and you, and that I just I, I went in with thinking, okay, this is that fraction comedy book that he has been talking about. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, I, I, it's quirky, and I definitely will keep reading it at least for a while because. I, there, I definitely a am a fan of that genre, which clearly he is, and b he's right. There haven't been many, if any, attempts in the comic book world to do that. Um, so I'm down with that. But you know, obviously, I, I can't, I'm with you. I can't say that like I thought the first issue was a home run, and I'm just like, oh my god, you gotta, you you know, you you'll have to run out and pick this up. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we'll have to see. Uh, it's goes definitely through. definitely worth a read, and I think there are going to be people that will absolutely love this. I think there will be people that will be left absolutely cold by it, and you know, there's, you know, I think that's okay. You know, I think it's okay that there are comics out there like that. I'm going to I'm going to read more of it um, and see and see where it's going, and maybe even reread. The, you know, there there were parts where I chuckled, and I'm just like, okay, that's really you know awkward. It's very awkward teenager humor um you know almost like retrospective teenager humor because a lot of this is like looking back at at very awkward moments so you know if you had those awkward you know high school years that stuff will probably resonate with you so i'll go back and read it again and and um you know even though it's kind of like having to hear a joke twice before you think it's funny you know i don't know you know what that says about the joke or the person listening to the joke (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think that's very fair. I mean, and you are right; the cover's ridiculously awesome. Yes, very yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, and, and they and they continue to be awesome because I, I think um, Kelly Sue posted like the first four or so, and, oh, is and that they're right? all just amazing. And and they they, they follow the similar theme, but I mean, the, the the white figure, the the bright color, it it really is. I, it's one of those books where I had no idea the inside was going to look like and and I saw the cover and I said I I need to read this book and it's I I I was flipping through the preview and it's the inside definitely I didn't feel matches the outside but um I I was because it was the preview I didn't does Zadarsky color this as well I assume it's all digital, right? I, he's only one credited, so I especially they're in the the the, the orgasm scenes. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm assuming it's cool. yeah, it's all him. Um, that was that. It wasn't distracting because it was part of the story, but it just it definitely um, it's drawing. But then again, it's drawing for her, so there's no reason why the special effects that happens when she has an orgasm doesn't look different than the rest of the book. That that makes perfect sense. Um, it it is I it's yeah I'm going to I didn't I didn't finish reading it but it's um it it's it's one I want to uh, definitely take some time with and and just from start to finish read there, there are points and as I'm reading it that uh, that not heavy handed but I just I wanted to move things along but but overall I you know the breaking the fourth wall and um, 
the flashbacks, things like that. It's I, I, I want to get a feeling for who she is and and how she got here. So I'm I'm along for the ride in that regard. Hmm. Now we've been uh, given image a little bit of a short shrift lately. So why don't we? Really? You I kinda yeah. Why don't we do a two fisted image number one deal? Because mm-hmm. I okay. I know we've oh well, yeah yeah we we left something out last week and yeah, we that was uh, zero number one right oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah written by Ales Cote I'm gonna say because Cote sounds uh, European I, I believe it's Alesh Cot Alesh Cot see there you nice. go I messed the whole thing up uh, he's a listener way to go Vince yeah I know written well, he's by also, he's a listener so you want to get it right written by Alesh Cot who uh, penned the awesome Wild Children uh, Change. Both yeah, for image, real good. and I, like I think he had maybe about a second and a half on Suicide Squad for DC. Oh yeah, yeah. Illustrated by Michael Walsh, our boy. Color art by the incomparable Jordi Belair. Mm-hmm. All listeners so far, we're it's yeah, yeah. It's our creative team, and of course, it's published by Image. Uh, the premise is the premise is really uh, simple but um, intriguing. You have this uh, field operative named Edward Zero. Works for uh, something called the agency, and he is sent to the Gaza Strip because there's a battle going on between uh, a technology-enhanced Palestinian and a similarly modified Israeli agent. Uh, turns out, though, that the Palestinian has stolen technology embedded in his chest that belongs to the agency, and goddammit, they want it back. So they, yeah, they, they send Edward Zero in, uh, apparently uh, a man who gets the job done at any cost because he is ruthless as hell. He, um, I, I love the scene early in the book where um, he's in a spot where he should not be and a senior officer ca- ca- calls him on it. He's like, what are you doing out of it? And he said, I, I was taking a shit. And he's like, you were taking a shit. And he just pulls out a gun and blows this, guy's, this guy away. Takes his uniform and his ride and gets closer to the thick of things. Um, but uh, it's a done in one, as I assume all of these zero issues will be. Uh, I've heard that they're all going to be self-contained done in one stories. For how long, I don't know, but I like that idea. That you can pick I up. I had no idea that was the case. Yeah, I, you you I can pick up. I. I heard you can pick up any issue uh, and uh, groove on a complete story. I'm gonna uh, go on a limb and say that they probably will all come to a head. Sure. Down the line. Right? Yeah, yeah. The tagline for the is saving the world one murder at a time. Right. Okay. And uh, I thought it, it was uh, not being a huge fan of the cloak and dagger. Uh, espionage yeah, spy stuff. Say, this, sound, this sounds more like something I would like. No, I'm stunned. That, I mean, I'm glad. I'm thrilled that Vince is that enjoyed it as much as he he did because I've talked to him about it already. Well, it's but, so smartly but written. Alesh is great. Rally, Chris. Yeah, yeah, but there's plenty of great of stuff in the genre that you don't get, get, uh, vibe on. That's oh, that's awesomely written. But so. it does have an edge of the fantastic, like the the, the hidden techno the uh, you know the technology in the guy's chest, and they're basically super powered individuals just beating the crap out of each other. At one point, I think it's the um, the Israeli gets his jaw punched off, doesn't he? Like most of his face is hanging off. It's, well, what it's about the, what about the bite lipping scene? The yeah, lip, bite lip scene. biting and eating. It's really brutal and bloody and beautifully illustrated by Michael Walsh. I I, I just think uh, it's it's a really tight communion between line art and color. I mean, it's Jordi Belair. She she enhances everything she touches, and uh, I, I think it's pretty stunning 
to look at. I, I, I really enjoyed it. But the thing that really made me fall in love with the, with the series was you have these two agency um, operatives in London named uh, Zizek and Cook. Uh, Zizek is a man, an overweight middle-aged man who basically hates his job and he the person poorly but that's okay. yeah okay and, and he, he probably and he hates the woman he's working with who is right. cook um to the point where they they verbally abuse each other they 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 seem in the initial she is his senior right as, as far as ranking goes the, in the initial scene they seem like they cannot stand being in the same room together they just want to get away and so and then it goes back to the action in the Gaza Strip and the two oper- two agents are beating the crap out of each other and when it comes back Zizek and Cook are humping like 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 stuff. like ponies and <laughs> Yeah, he is giving it to her. And yeah, big the, time. But the part that really it's made a kitten, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the part that really made me laugh was the leg cramp. No, the the oh. a, the afterglow where they're both laying there. He's got his hands behind his back, his shirt's still on, his big old <laughs> dong is hanging out, and she has her legs like spread all open, airing out that nasty thing. I know her clam sandwich. <laughs> and is if, hanging if, out. if you look at it, it's beautifully manicured too. It's like she is taking great pains to make that as inviting as possible. Now, I I really like this this issue. I thought it was great. Dude, I got to give Michael, I mean, you know, Michael Walsh is, uh, he, he brought it on this issue. Oh, and, by far, yeah. Uh, he, he, he drew the nether regions like a boss. Yeah, you know, as uh, if he had experience no, with those things. There was more nudity in this than it was the sex criminals. For yeah. sure there was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was very unflattering nudity, though. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. it was real. Yeah. That was nice. Well, he's not that, 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 that makes it art. That makes it art. That's right. It's, but it's, so it's interesting you say that this like is Nick one Zed. and done because I was going to a- ask you like where you think this is going because more flashbacks. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Uh, when the issue starts, someone and we're assuming that it's Edward Zero is sitting in a chair on a on a. a a cliff, and there's a kid behind him with a gun pointed at his mm-hmm. head, and he's like, "Let me tell you a story." Yeah, yeah. So that's where it starts. So I'm sure I assume that zero just recapping his own life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's and and that is it, I'll, obviously this is the first issue, so I'm going to give it a couple to see, you know, if we continue that uh, that storytelling format. But I I still am not. As as entertaining as this issue was, as as beautifully illustrated as it was, I'm still not a um uh a huge fan of flashback stories because if if Zero is telling this story on the cliff, then obviously no matter what's happening to him That's true on the guy's strip, he makes it to the end to, to tell the story. So But David uh, isn't the joy in the journey. No, that's that, that, right. In this in this case, yes, because you know, you in don't know case, where this yeah. is going because he could, you know, th- this could be in his own mind he's telling this story. You know, yeah. he this could be his instead of his you know, his life flashing before his eyes, this could be, you know, well if I had just lived a little longer, then this is what could have happened. So I'm I'm giving the creators the benefit of the doubt in this case. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not a it's not like, you know, some it's not Harvey Bullock telling a Batman story in a flashback. This right. is completely new, completely different, and and I'm, like I said, they 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 have me for now. I'm not, and and it's a completely different animal to begin with. This isn't your regular, um, big two superhero type story type. Although it anything. could fit in that universe very well, though. With the with the super powered, um... yeah, no, it could because it, it, it's well, you had um, Jack Cross by Warren Ellis. Yes, yeah. I mean it, it, it's it's this, this uh, could have been a, this could have been a checkmate story. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, so it's it's yeah. There's no. It, it it could have been a Marvel Max book. Sure. So there's there's nothing. It's, but it's um, you know, I they I'm I'm not I'm not holding them to the uh, to the hard and fast rule. I may hold others to. Right. Right. So yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun, and and uh, I thought very smartly written, and I, well, I once again I have to give it up for our gal uh, Jordy because. She has every opportunity to be heavy-handed. I mean, she's mm-hmm. she's yeah. damn good. The colors in this book are understated. She she's I'm not right. saying I'm not saying she's holding back, but it's a very tasteful application of color, and she's not she's not out to wow you. She's out to do the color art that the line art demands. She compliments right. She compliments yeah. the line art. Yeah, it's, like, it's, you know, the, the blood isn't like glowing or no, or, no. There's it's, it's there's no Photoshop flat. effect. It's, it's all yeah. It's yeah, mostly flat. It's not, you know, there's not. Uh, yep, you're right. Really yeah. radiant, so it's it's uh, tasteful as it, hell though. I and love it's, it. And it's it it's different looking than when I think of image. I don't think of a book that looks like this. Right. There's a Parker vibe to some of it. Especially the page also, with um, the uh, when the tank, the diversion when he blows up the tank, that last page, and you have like a criminal vibe. Yeah, you have mostly white awful. space. There's a lot of there's text on the page, and it's it's designed, but I mean, it's just a beautiful that, that explosion I mean, is gorgeous. Michael is from the you know he's he's of that same you know he's of the uh, you know the 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 Somni you know Hardman camp in terms of oh okay sure yeah. You know, I just mean like a great. You know, he's great. He's great at use of blacks. You know, and uh, yeah, strong uh, use of. He doesn't blacks. have to. He doesn't. He doesn't needle with it. He doesn't. It doesn't just. He There's no the cross hatching. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to. You know, make everything look oh, shiny and perfect and everything. It. It. Yeah. You know, it puts the line on the paper and and that's. Yep. It serves a purpose. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So yeah. there are two winners, from what I could tell. I didn't read. Uh, Sex criminals number one. Yet. Yeah. Although I, I do have it. Going? Yeah, go. Can you? Wait. What the hell? You have to ask. Uh, so I went to the Wayback Machine back when Image still was uh, full of really qualified employees. For the, <laughs> the other guys. You're funny. a dick. Uh, yeah, so this is going back a year. And it's been sitting in my regime for some time. I had read the first issue when it came out and then thought, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll read this when it, the trade comes out. And, and true to my word, I finally got around to reading it. This is an image book uh, written by a certain man from the Highlands named Grant Morrison. Ah, I know of it is. A, a certain uh, guy that's trying to make it in the biz named Derek Robertson. Oh. And that oh. is Image Comics Happy mm-hmm. with a blue exclamation point. Um <laughs> This is a crazily quirky book, and the cool thing about it is it's just one of those little stories that Grant and Derek wanted to tell, and it's it's it. It's it's this isn't if this were a movie, there'd be no sequel. <laughs> I mean, it's it just this is what it is, and it and they had a story to tell, and they told it, and we're all done. Um, How many issues altogether? Uh, five. Five. I think. Yeah. Uh, it's a story of a of a guy named Nick Sachs who is in many ways an archetype. He's um, you know, he's a, a hard drinking, amoral, uh, contract killer, um, that, that was once a upstanding police officer. And because of circumstances in his life, um, that went against him, he basically lost everything and is now, uh, you know, living solely just to, uh, to, to kill people and drink and do drugs. And, uh, he's really just lost his whole moral compass. 
So you're introduced to him, and in typical Morrison and Robertson fashion, this is definitely an adults-only book. Um, I believe, again, we reviewed the first issue when it came out. I'm pretty sure, I know at least you, you read it, Vince. I'm pretty sure I, I remember Sure did. Yes, I did. Um, like in the first few scenes, you're introduced to a guy dressed in a cockroach suit. And he's getting a blowjob from a hook dressed yeah. like an angel. And he's about to bludgeon her head in with a, with a hammer, which he has a joint. He's smoking a joint from a hammer, um, because the joint is wedged in between the two little forks. And he's about to smash her head open and then Nick Sachs shoots him instead. And she's, she's. That would, that would be called the claw of the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. And she is standing there literally with, with, and Derek draws it with blood and load all over her face. I mean, yeah. he doesn't pull any punches graphically. Um, and Nick is on a mission that goes awry, and suddenly a, and this is where it gets freaky, suddenly blue, a little tiny, almost My Little Pony-esque donkey with wings and a horn uh, appears before him, an imaginary friend. And blue helps him get out of a really tough jam, and he thinks he's hallucinating from all the drugs he took, but blue keeps showing up. And he keeps putting Blue to the test, and Blue keeps helping him, like, win a poker game and look through a wall and see that someone's trying to kill him. So there's definitely something to this. It's not just his mind. And Blue keeps saying that it, that he's he's appeared before Sax because he needs Sax to help him rescue a little girl named Haley. And Sax keeps blowing off Blue and saying, I'm not interested in helping some girl. I don't even know her, blah, blah, blah. And as the five issues unravel, you begin to realize that there is actually a very specific reason why uh, Nick Sachs sees this donkey who is Haley's imaginary friend and no one else can. And uh, it, it all comes to a head, uh, no pun intended, uh, in the final issue. And it's just a wild story. I mean, I would say it's a triumph graphically in that Derek Robertson hasn't looked better than this in a long time. I, I thought... This is a case where you have a guy that's a really accomplished artist and never necessarily phones it in, but I genuinely feel like you can tell when Derek's doing something he loves. Yeah. You no, can tell when sure. he's excited. That. You know, yeah. Sure. You know, the first few issues of the boys before they got like in that hot water with DC or whatever, you, you know, that, that's what this looks like, you know. Well, that's you what we back. said, a ballistic. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. When he's into something, it really shines and he's a fantastic cartoonist. And I think this, he was totally into this project, clearly. Um, so it looks great. Um, I don't want to give away the plots because that's really the whole book is, is, is got a couple of plot conceits which make the story what it is. But, but it, uh, it's, it's really, really, uh, it's interesting. You know, it's, 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 again, if you strip out the blue, the blue horned little, little donkey, it's, it's in a lot of ways could, could have been a Punisher story. Well, it's kind of reminded me a lot of a transgressive kind of version of Jimmy Stewart's Harvey movie. I mean, yes. I mean, without uh, all the explicit stuff. Remember that movie, Harvey, with the uh-huh. the he he has the invisible rabbit friend. Yes, you know. Yeah. So it's, yeah, Harvey Happy could be Grant. I don't know. Saying yeah, something. It could be. I mean, it's just I I would love to know how Grant and Derek came up with the idea to do the story, but but it's but what's cool about it is it has some heart. Like it, it believe me, this is not a book that you're going to come away feeling fuzzy from. But, but no. there is an underlying <laughs> aspect of heart. To the motivation of the story, which which you don't, at least I didn't see coming. So mm-hmm. uh, really well done. Uh, again, for what it is, it's really well done, and it's it's just a perfectly done. This is what a miniseries should be. This is it, it's 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 totally contained. 
it, it has a beginning and a middle and a resolution and, and it's satisfying, but you're not left wanting or needing more. Right. You know? Right. And if you really liked it, I mean, really liked it, the deluxe oversized special edition is available in the previews that came out today. Are you serious? Nope. Okay. Oh, yes. No, I am serious. <laughs> Oh, I, I thought you said I, I I wasn't really listening to. It. I thought you, said you shit me. No, uh, I am serious. It comes. Uh, you, they are soliciting uh, an oversized deluxe okay. edition. That, that, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> I, I would recommend buying the twelve ninety nine trade for probably nine or eight bucks at a con or. Well, I can look it up, but I don't service. think the uh, special edition is that expensive. If it's okay. if it's, I, I believe it's less than thirty. Probably like low, uh, high twenties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, there, I mean, I enjoyed it. I don't know that it's something I would need to be, have on my shelf for, you know, in perpetuity. I think I still have my Morrison con variant issue of it. That's right. That was part of Morrison con. The first was, issue launched yeah. there, right? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it was good. And it was funny because Derek was signing things and he had like a pocket full of like little blue feathers that he would put into like each issue. Ah, that's cool. That's totally cool. That yeah. is cool. Yeah. I want to just keep the, the image love rolling. Nice. No, briefly, briefly, because <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know how much talk of this, uh, y'all can contribute Checks to. Checks in the mail, Ron. Now, yeah, Ron. This is old school image from like 93. The, this weekend I reread for the umpteenth time and, and Scotty Young is going to be dancing. I reread Trencher. <laughs> oh, uh, I read it. Oh my God. I love this book. It, it, yeah, it's, it's Keith Giffen, uh, off the leash. The, he, he just went completely apeshit crazy graphically on this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was told on the Twitter, I believe by Harry Moyer told me that Giffen did not even pencil this book. He drew it straight to ink mm. which when you see it it is an incredible feat because it is dense it's graphically it's like a and then this was one of the criticisms leveled against the book when it originally came out because a lot of people couldn't tell what the hell was going on which i i don't understand that at all but there was a lot of confusion with the art because there is stuff going the panels are filled with line work i mean trencher himself has uh, it's the anti-zero. It is. Um, explosions. There's there's uh, a really cool use of uh, Giffen uses text effects within the panel. It's just a, a blizzard of line work, and it, there's a lot of it. And yes, it's it's busy in some spots, but but it, I I don't think it's hard to decipher. But I wish uh, that the spirit of this book, the fuck it, let's just knock them on their asses, kind of unbridled storytelling was prevalent today because a lot of people a lot of creators play it too close to the vest i want to see like jason said like with 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 happy take your chances on a miniseries you have nothing to lose i i could see if you were uh the creative team on an ongoing you don't want to screw with what came before what could possibly come after but we are on a miniseries you're in your own little playground you go crazy go nuts do what you want to do right and that's exactly what trencher is it's just yeah. if if you he brought this style to a lobo story not long after this i forget which one it is but it's just chaos on the comic page it's craziness and um i i just i for some reason i keep coming back to this series every Maybe six to eight months. I just like to revisit it. It's just wow. there, there's That's nothing. Amazing. There's really nothing else like it now, and there sure as hell wasn't anything else like it back then. It, it's just 
I love Keith Giffen. I'll be honest. I love his Legion stuff. Everything the man has ever touched. You do. You're a big I, fan. I, I really Giffen, enjoy right. Giffen's stuff. And this is just Giffen times, you know, the power of, of a hundred or a thousand. It's just massive. It was crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. The, I, I think Trencher was polybagged with Excedrin. It was, I couldn't make so funny. heads yeah. or tails at it. I, oh, I, you're I, one of them. I tried. No, yeah, I'm <laughs> one of them. I'm one of the smart nah, ones. I, I just, <laughs> I, I had no, I, I, it's Giffen, so yeah. I wanted to love it, and it was it was darker image, and, and it was I was all about it, but and I was like out of everything that was in that darker image anthology, I really wanted to love that the most, and and I was like I you know I mean I, from one Jew to another, bro, I just I couldn't <laughs> I yeah I want to, and maybe maybe you know after as 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 I've gotten older and wiser, maybe I'll give it another shot and i'll I'll understand it, yeah but well, I mean the, right now the premise I, is is wafer thin, I mean trencher's a repo man um sent uh out into the wilds by something called the council, and what he does is i mean because of all these let's say millennia of reincarnation, some of them are reincarnation's gone wrong like these these souls never deserve to another chance at the the cycle so what he does is he goes and repossesses these souls and there's only one way to do that that that's by killing so basically the trencher miniseries is nothing but this this agent going out and just blowing the shit out of everything killing just it's just wanton killing uh that's it and, and you know and there's there's some conflict in it but basically it it's just giffen just having fun and I love it because of that. It's just, it's giddy, it is, giddy fun. Anyone that's listening and you're thinking of Keith Giffen, I can assure you that this book does not look like what you're picturing in your head. Well, you that's, right. it was a, yeah. a stylistic departure. Right. You can, time. you can see this style cropping up in the five years later stuff, not to the degree well, to it is degree. here. No, yeah. no, no, no. But I mean, you, you can see him starting even, to. Even Ambush Bug was a little looser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. So it was, it was a progression, but this was just, this. No, it was this a sea was change. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think, again, a lot of people were displeased because it's not traditional Giffen. You put this next to his Legion stuff or, um, you know, uh, what, uh, some of the other things he wrote, like um, the Omega Men stuff. It's just, it's, it's like early General Major Jr. on Spidey and then on Uncanny X-Men. But you have the, yeah. the, the, he kind of, but then he reined it back in when he did Heckler. Yeah, I love that series too, but I prefer this. Of course you do. Yeah. But it, it's, you know, I mean, he, he knew he wanted to tell that story in Trencher. He wanted to tell yeah. it his way or, or make it look the way he wanted to. But that was for that audience. Obviously that would work. In an image book, and yeah. and you know, doing his own thing. Whereas, if if you wanted to do something with DC, he wouldn't. Especially with a character that they own, even it, it just wouldn't. Yeah, it, it wouldn't carry. And, and don't forget, Giffen was also responsible for one of the best series ever to come out of Marvel. And uh-huh. the Last Defenders. No, Video Jack, dude. I oh my love God. Video Jack. Uh, I remember the house ad more than anything else. Yeah, that, I think that video check may be the first appearance of Alien. Didn't he? Didn't towards the end? I think it was issue five. He used um, the the xenomorph from the Alien movie. Mm, that's and really. I don't know if that predates Dark Horse, but it's. I would say it's close. But yeah, video checks bonkers. Bonkers and Keith Giffen go very well together. 
Um, you can see him starting to get antsy back in the black and white boom. He did a book called The March Hare. It's freaking insane. And it was, there's only one issue came out. Um, but it's, again, that was so different from his Legion stuff. I just, lo- I love the guy. I, um, you're absolutely right. No surprise, Vince. Uh, I've just found a quote, uh, by Giffen yeah. about the book. And he said, the funny thing is, uh, when I ink, I do. Trencher, I didn't pencil. I went straight to ink. I used rapid graphs. I've never put a pencil. <gasps> I, nev- I never put a pencil line down on the paper. I just drew it. <sighs> I just wanted to do freewheeling kind of artwork, you know? That's from nuts. He- from head to paper as fast as possible. Holy that shit. That wasn't even a brush. Wow. That See, is I, I could nuts. Never, I was never able. I, I can't handle a brush. I, everything I put on on. The Marvel tryout book, I, I used rapidographs for that, and and I knew it looked stiff, but you don't I help can't me out here with the rapidograph. It means nothing to me. It's a pen. It's, it's, it's a technical it's a, pen. It's an ultra fine point pen. Yes, yeah. and the line is razor sharp. There's there's um, no deviation in the line. Right, but it's it's uh, it, it's it's probably what Coletti used, but it, it's, it's, it's just <laughs> a it's, broken um, rapidograph. Uh, I can't. I mean, I, I'm, I'm picturing pages from Trencher, and I can't believe that that's just straight up I pen, would, dude. You know, Jason, I would kill is, for a it page. Is, it is a refillable graphic art pen. Yeah. Okay. So it, it has you can, a. You can put different colored inks in it if you yeah. want, but mm-hmm. mostly it's it's like black India ink. But you would you could refill it. They're very they're very expensive pens. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you can keep filling them with with. Ink. And you can fuck up a rapidograph extremely easy. There, oh, yeah. there, there's yes. a there's a hair thin metal filament that runs down the barrel of, oh. of the uh, the rapidograph into the the sheath that is the, yeah, the actual it, pen. Done. You bet you bend that, you are screwed. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cleaning cleaning them. It comes in this little little plastic uh, like collar, so mm-hmm. you can take the the the. the the, the head or the nib out and yeah. it's just yeah oh my god in it's, theory did you guys ever have a rapidograph cleaner yeah the, the ultrasonic the yeah. yeah yeah with the thing that you plugged in look, and basically the my wife borrows that from time to time turkey baster also the big yeah. old uh, yeah, yeah no, I'm so out of the loop I said honey where's my ultrasonic cleaner I'll bring it right back in a second <laughs> she's got it between her legs like a freaking jackhammer <laughs> sorry <Literally, laughs> stop in time <laughs> she oh, never stops sure. dude never Oh, that's your next tattoo, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> a woman squatting on an ultrasonic rapidograph cleaner. <sighs> Giffen motorboating you. Uh, I would let him. With a Dutch I, you would. I love Giffen. Let's what keep up? the image rolling. Come on, who else has got something the image you want to talk about? Uh, I don't have any more image, but... No? No, I got two DCs. And don't forget, we still I have... Got something have I, got, I got something oh, no, no, that's would, not true. I got that's something David would like. I want to hear what Chris has, but, but Jason, that's not true, because if you look at pretty much anything that... DC's doing these days. It's like 90s image. Uh, is that a segue, David? Well, no, I want to hear what Chris has to say. Okay. Well, and before, yeah, before Chris jumps in, I, I just want to say quick, because I don't want to review it yet, but I did read East of West number six today, and it was oh. awesome. I just have to say before we get into what, what Chris is going to bring, that, David, we have to do King's Watch this week. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we okay, do. y'all we'll yes. do that. Well, Are we going to do Bravest Warriors, too? Yeah, whatever. Yes, we, 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 I want to hear what Chris has to yeah. say. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, I think this is something you guys will all like. Um, you know, I've, and it was my In Your Travels last week. Uh, I've really come to, to love the art books in the last couple of years. It's something oh, like... Oh, you're talking about Buscema? Yeah, the Buscema. My dog! <laughs> it's uh, Big John Buscema Comics and Drawings. Uh, casual, what is it? Uh, um, 
Um, Kazel Solaric September. It's from an art show. Uh, September yeah. 12th to November 17th, 2009. Um, th- this is just a absolutely wonderful John Buscema art retrospective. And Did I just uh, say that? Because I came so close to ordering this book two or three times. Oh, so you know, like in the fucking, I have to once say one thing about reviews. Yeah. It's so much easier for people to read negative, leave negative reviews and positive reviews and like all things. Yes. So like, I, and this goes to all things. Like you go to Yelp, you go to Open Table, you go to TripAdvisor and you go to Amazon and you're all set to buy something and then you start reading the reviews and even like the, the four out of five star reviews make you seem, feel like it's a piece of shit. Like you start reading the review and you're like, damn, no. I don't know if I want this. And I, you know what a Busema fan I am and I've, I've come so close to buying this book a few times and I just, Read the reviews, and I'm thinking like, ah, maybe it's not what it. What, what, it, what did they say negatively? About I don't it? even remember because I haven't. It, it was when it first came out. I was all over it, and and then, but now that you, presumably, it sounds like you're about to gush about it. I got to get it. Oh, well, who yeah, did? I'm, this? I'm gonna, is this an IDW? Uh, yes, it's nice. IDW, and they. I mean, they're they. They just do it so well, you know. Thank God for IDW and their art books. Um, and, and this is this is very much an art retrospective. Uh, it goes from um, one of the nice things about it is it's um, there's a lot of text pieces in it. There's a narrative that runs through the entire through the entire book, and it's uh, it's bilingual. It's in uh, English and Spanish. So um, for our, our Spanish speaking reading friends, um, they will appreciate that. Um, there is a ton. Of original artboards, which, you know, this is one of the artists that it's gotta be, it's gotta be really difficult to get a hold of a lot of this stuff because it's been gone to the winds for so long. There's, you know, I know there's so much Usema original art out there, mm-hmm. but it's in the hands of private collectors, but they did a wonderful job of assembling, uh, some really fantastic um, original art pages and they're done um, they're presented a lot like the uh, the artist edition pages they're they're full color scans of original art now this is it's an over it's an oversized hardcover but it's not the it's not the size of um, of what like the artist editions or anything like that is if it the have, size of the Wally wood book though uh, it's a it's a hair shorter than that. It's, a, okay. it's about an inch shorter than that. So if you have um, you know the the James Jean fables covers. Oh yeah, cover? sure. Mm-hmm. It's same size. It's the same height. Okay. It's that same um same page size as that. Cool. This is this has quite a bit more content. Um, but this is is it's really kind of a retrospective on on Buscema, starting with his um his influences, and so you 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 kind of get to see. Some of the artists that he was, you know, inspired and influenced by as, as he was, as he was coming up and, and just starting to get, you know, into the industry and, and what was going on. So you're seeing a lot of stuff from, you know, the late, you know, mid and late forties and, and then into the fifties and, and some of the, you know, contemporaries that, that he was, you know, was, was working, um, you know, with and, and beside. And then, uh, and then of course it, it, it starts getting into, into his Marvel work. And that's where Jason is going to start gushing as it gets mm-hmm. into, into the Avengers work. And he was, he was part of what the, the second, the second wave of, of Marvel. You had, you had basically Stan and Jack and, and Steve and, and Ditko. 
you know, you had kind of, you know, there was basically those three guys, um, in, in a lot of ways, but then you had Busema and, and Colin and, um, Ramita. And, and yeah. Ramita, yeah, those, that, those were what the next you know, three that kind of, kind of joined. It. Yeah, Severance. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so that was kind of your, your, as, as there started to be more books at Marvel, they needed more artists. And, and then, you know, Roy Thomas would come in, uh, as, as a writer a little bit, you know, a little bit later. But it, it really kind of shows that early Marvel work and some wonderful, wonderful work in there, both colored and then the, uh, uh, the reproductions of the, of the flat boards. But as I started reading, through this, I started thinking of David because it's really almost a study in how different inkers mm-hmm. work it. with Busema. So you've got you've got Joe Sennett on a lot of stuff, and man, Sennett was so smooth. Just his his inks over Busema is just it's butter. It's yeah. so so pretty. And then you've got um, the the Giacoa stuff. Um, Jacoya, huh? Is it Jacoya? Jacoya, but yeah, is that Jacoya? I only think it's Jacoya because there's a Jacoya in our town. But oh, I, okay. that, that could be again. That doesn't mean that this cut. But yeah, um, then you see you see Busema inking himself quite a bit. Um, then you see him inked by his brother, which is kind of cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So it's uh, where's the where's the the Sal stuff? Um, well, oh, it's some Thor issues. So it's 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 John Busema inked by Sal Busema, and I, and I said it was Busema for the longest time, but it's Busema. <laughs> it's Busema, uh, and there's all, and uh, I mean you're maybe getting to that, but like George Russo's did some of his stuff, like some of his Avengers stuff. I know George Klein, mm-hmm. um, did, Dan Adkins. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's it's a ton of different stuff. Uh, George Tuska, Ooh, doing nice. my dog. hard sell. It's, yeah, for Vince it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get into, you know, of course, later with, uh, with the Conan stuff, you've got, you know, Ernie Chan. Ah, yes. It's one of my favorites. You know, I, I own, I own a, a Savage Sword of Conan page that's, that's, yes, it's do. probably, it's probably more Ernie Chan than it is Busema, honestly. Yeah. I think it's Busema, it's Busema layouts, but, uh, but Chan, um, Chan inks, and it, it's, it's, it's as much, it's, it's probably more Chan than it is Busema, but it's absolutely gorgeous. But Busema is definitely, you know, his soul is in it. And I'm, I'm totally, you know, I, I love that page. Um, uh, um, Tony, uh, uh, Duzaniga. Duzaniga. Yep. Uh, Gotta be a lot of Alfredo Alcala in there too. A lot of Alcala. Yeah. What about Tom Palmer? Uh, yep. Of course you're sure. Mm-hmm. Tom Palmer inked everybody, but yeah, he did Busema a lot. Um, and so yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm I'm flipping through it. Yeah, there's some. I'm looking at an Avengers page right now that's inked by Tom Palmer, and you know I'm I'm reading this. I'm just like you know David would love this because I know you, and you would be looking at the inks more than you would be looking at at what was underneath them and seeing how different inkers. Well, because he would be the constant. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, You're right. And so it's it's really fascinating that way. But you know, you look at, at Busema, and one of the things I love about him is that I feel like he was almost as much a sculptor as he was a penciler. You know, his his characters always looked like they were like rendered out of stone. Like big, they were Big John was the Michelangelo of the Marvel uh, universe. I, well, you guys know I me, mean, but that's my that's my man. I mean, yeah. I, there's there's no he's he's. 
from a historical perspective, he's far and away my favorite Marvel artist. Wow. I mean, there's not. You know that, though. Yeah, that yeah, I know. No, it's not a surprise. Yeah, it's, and it it's, was I, I, I don't see how anyone with any knowledge of of the early Marvel artists could could take you to task for that because it's his his legend is is warranted. The, the guy, only the guy thing was that great. Bums me out, and I didn't know this until just a few years ago, uh, and maybe it talks about it in the book, Chris, is how Buscema much preferred to draw the 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 sword and sorcery stuff that yeah. that, that he, he he actually didn't enjoy drawing superheroes very much. Yeah. And, oh. I, and that bums me out because, you know, I would much, I mean, I know, and again, I love your Savage Sword page, but it, it, as you know, Chris, because you were in the hunt for Buscema art for a while, th- there is, but it, it's part of it's just the sheer number of, of, of pages he drew for that, but but you, you can find, um, non-Avengers Buscema stuff far easier than you could find Avengers Buscema pages, at least on a, a relative cost basis. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it, you know, it just, it bums me out that like stuff that he wasn't as passionate about is so much more expensive to own because that's the stuff that I would like to own. But you to know? his oh, credit, you could, you would never be able to tell. Like he, oh, he puts the same amount of flair into yeah. the Avengers stuff as he did the, the, the Conan stuff. That's well, one, one of the things that, um, um, there, there's a piece in here by his wife and she talks, you know, about, it, very lovingly about about her husband that he was he was the kind of artist that after a long day of drawing in his studio you know what he would do to relax draw punch a he heavy would bag. go to his studio and draw wow. yeah. See? Yeah, he was he was that he was that kind of artist that's it's uh, you know, I always knew that you know about like Somni if you ever if you ever meet Chris Somni in person he's usually drawing on something and it's just like he can't he can't stop he's always drawing because that's what what he does it's you know his brain is always trying to put stuff down on paper and I imagine Busema is being very much the same way where he always probably had a pencil in his hand you know either doodling on something or or you know always at work uh, one of the things that that I, I thought was interesting that that Jason and either expects or, or would be, you know, bummed out by or both was you, you've got you know, literally chapters and chapters on his Avengers and work on FF and, you know, Silver Surfer. And, and then you've got a huge section on Conan, which I think was his passion. It, sure. It's, you look at the, just the sheer volume of, of Conan pages that, that went past his table, uh, is amazing. There's like four pages on Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's okay. Oh, and by the oh, and by the way, he did Wolverine. <laughs> for no, I don't even mind that. Like, I mean, again, to me, the only the only thing that bums me out is the is the lack of love that he seemed to have for Avengers, just because you know, again, he's Busema Avengers to me is like Holy Grail stuff. That's that's you know, that's that's a lot of the yeah. reason that I I'm such an Avengers fan to this day. So you know, yeah. I, w- I wonder if that point in his career, if the, him agreeing to draw Wolverine. Was contingent on Wolverine being taken out of his element and put in Madripoor. Put in Madripoor I wonder. I wonder if that was a, a, a big John request. You know, g- give me, give me, big, give, you know, well, st- stick you, him in a. In a, a touch, yeah. Yeah. You, you look at his. You look at his career, and I think part of the superhero thing, and and I have to read more. And there's a lot of te- well, there's a lot of text pieces in this, so it's not just an art book. It really is a a, a John Buscema retrospective and and so it's amazing for that uh is that he's one of those he's one of those guys just like Gene Colan um of the, of that of that era that the early marvel guys that you, know, you have to understand is that a lot of those comic book artists that that were working in the um in the early 60s had 
been fucking drummed out of the business in the 50s. Yeah. And so there was, I think there was a level of cautious resentment towards the industry because they had thrown themselves into it. They had, they had, you know, worked for, worked for a few years and then the whole comics code era really gutted the industry and a lot. Yeah, you're definitely right. I mean, Buscema yeah. was out of the business for almost a decade. Yeah, he was doing commercial yeah. work. He was a commercial yeah. artist. And, and I think that's where that, you know, that, the, the illustrative style of, of his work really, um, kind of came to fruition. And, and so, you know, I think comics as a, as a medium, it, I think there was some resentment there. And, and so, I, yeah, and I'm, yeah, once again, I need to read more. I don't know, you know, and certainly don't know what the man was, was thinking at the time, but I can see that, that superheroes, that that was probably as much a paycheck as anything, and that you, the sword and sorcery may have been really where his passion was. But isn't that ironic, though, that somebody that was ostracized from the industry came back to not only reinvigorate it, but transform it forever? I mean, the Basim... Well, you, know, you know why he came back? And, and because you'll, of you'll the Marvel stuff. No, it was Stan. Stan lured him back. Well... Stan's responsible for him, but Stan didn't push the pencil in his hand. No, you know what I mean, no, no, but but Stan, you know, Stan, you know, say what you will about him, you know, he knew talent whenever he saw oh, it. Oh, sure. He knew he knew the guys that he wanted to have at 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 Marvel, and you know, Gene Colan and and John Buscema, those guys, yeah. those guys came to Marvel for a reason. You know, back in the day, I absolutely loathed. Gene Colan on Captain Marvel and like Daredevil. Oh, really? I'm like, oh, as a kid, I did. What did I know? You know, yeah, I was right. like, oh god, this guy's way too friggin' dark. I can't stand this because you're on. A, you have a steady diet of Kirby and Ditko and and uh, you know the clean, not clean line, but the easily discernible artists in terms of style. And then you get Gene, and it's dark. And for Captain Marvel, it didn't work for me. Now I love it. But as as a, a youngin, I, I I had no time for that at all. I always felt like Colin was a very odd choice for Iron Man. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It, it's you know because he was everything Colin did was like this you know really organic, right? And, yeah, you know curvy, very. Wavy. Yeah, it's you know I I would put him on you know like Man Thing before I would. He, you know, he's the odd man out. Among oh. among all of them, yeah. In terms of style, his style is nothing like the the other Marvel uh, artists. No, I mean he was, yeah, he was all mood and shadow. Yeah. And very, you know, he was. And it, now you see how great he was. Oh yeah, but you know, it's he um, he drew. I th- he had such a fascination with with uh, with film and movies that I always always feel whenever I'm reading a Gene Colan book that. He's imagining it as a movie, and that's how he's drawing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's I, I think I think that's that was his passion. He's once again another guy that you know, got comics did not treat him well. Yeah. Um, for he was on again, off again with comics for for a while, and uh, and his time at DC was not was not pleasant yeah. at all. Got to got to admit though, Dracula, Tomb of Dracula was a perfect fit for him. I tell you, that's yes. it, and Howard. It, I just there there are three pages that I own and they're they're all hanging up side by side by side and they are prized possessions of mine and it's my my Busema Ernie Chan Conan page my John Byrne Avengers Annual page and my 
my gene colon Tuma Dracula. Nice. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely legit. A legit trio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> legit. Oh, and, and then there's uh, a whole, uh, uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez Weird Worst Tales. That's all right. Nice. That's <laughs> all right. Yeah, so those are those are my favorite old school guys. So that's uh but yeah, Jason, um have no uh I would I would get this with all due haste because it's one of those that I already best- ordered it, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say by a <laughs> I year ago. Yeah, this, this one it, it may be it may be out of print, but if if you're a fan, it's not just the art in here, which is all amazing and fantastic and i love the mix of reproductions of of the printed work as well as the really nice reproductions of the um um of the production boards mm-hmm. but there's there's a, a really nice amount of text in here it's not too much it's not it's not a novel it's not a it's not a history book it's it's more art book than history book but yeah. there's enough enough in there if you want to know more about the man uh it's it's there and it's uh cool. yeah it made, it made me it made me an even bigger uh Busema fan than i was before so um i know i know that you in particular will sure nice so. I'm just bummed I never I never met the guy. I was just about to yeah, say he's one okay. of those guys that uh that that's high on the list of you know, you for all of our young whippersnapper listeners out there, you know, we're not kidding when we say take the opportunity to Yep. I know especially people that get nervous and stuff when you're at a con. I'm telling you, you you, you think you're gonna have lots of chances, but you never know. Go up uh, to a, yep. a creator just to see even it's just to shake their hand and say thanks for the work. Hey, you, uh, you did that with Chris Claremont. I was going to say the four of yeah. us do that all the time. You yeah. Just go up and say, "Hey, yeah. love your work." Just you know, she, especially with writers, like yeah, like Chris Claremont, Martin. Peter David. Yeah, uh, I met a, Sal. Late, New, so it's a New York Comic Con is that, coming up. Ramona Freyden. Oh, will be there. Yeah. I'm bringing SpongeBob. Ramona Freyden and thank her for her contribution. Yeah. Yep. to the comics. She was actually she was sitting right next to uh, Herb Trimpey and his wife at yep. uh, at Baltimore. Yep. There you go. You know, it's, you know, mention Colin, and that's one of the biggest thrills that, you know, that I, I've had doing this silly podcast stuff is that, you know, we had a chance on a couple occasions to meet, to meet Gene, and we did, we did like a two hour interview with yeah. him. And it, I mean, that's something that will always be, you know, really important to me is that I feel like, you know, that, that's out there in the world, and sure. people, people will have that opportunity For to. Real. To hear that, and yeah, yeah I mean, there's it, well, Chris, you know, especially you know, we, you know, we uh, we got the good chance, and, and this is not uh, hold off on the groans, Vince, but you know, it was it was. I thought I I will never forget that that we that we got to sit down and chat with Stan for you know for that time that we did uh, a few years back, you and I. I mean, which was it was awesome. I, I Why just, would again, I groan? Well, because you're not a Stan guy. That's but your hero. No, exactly. Well, you know, he's one of them. There you go. But um, you know, Vince, I would have ever asked you, did you ever meet Kirby? No. I didn't. Oh wow! You've never met Kirby? Nope. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, I know. I I met Sal Buscema. Buscema. Nice. Well, and, he's still alive. So and, right. And these 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 older guys, they drop bombs on you without even thinking. I mean, uh, went up to him. I said, Sal, God bless you for Rom, and and everything else you've you've done. You know, you you really important to me as a kid. Even more important now. Blah blah blah. You know, I laid it on thick because I love the guy. And uh, as he's he was drawing, he drew me a tombstone. And uh the character, Tombstone. And and as um as we're talking, somebody comes up to him and they're shooting the shit with us as well and they go, Sal, who's your favorite inker? And he goes, Me <laughs> And and, and the, the guy said, No, really, who who was your favorite inker to work with? And he goes, Me. 
I don't yeah. I don't like inkers. I, I I like inking my own work. Yeah. He said if I Which could, is, I'd do it. If not we, you know. Well no, I'm saying you're it's interesting that he would have said that because that seems to be the way the uh the, the, the old guard. Going, yeah. You know? Yeah, they uh guys prefer to ink themselves if they can, if they have the time. Yeah, sure they do now. Um yeah. it, that reminds me, Vince, to your point. Like, you know, I, I didn't grow up a big D C guy, but uh but one of the, I think the first New York Comic Con, Carmine Infantino was there. Ah, nice. Mm-hmm. And uh again, just one of those things I I mean, admittedly I, I didn't have a, a particular affinity for, for Carmine at the time because, you know, I didn't grow up like you know, much of a DC kid, but but I, I recognized a that he was a very older, you know, old gentleman, and, and b that uh, I didn't know that if I'd ever have a chance of meeting him. So I just went up and shook his hand and started making small talk with him. And I just, I'll never forget. I just was just shooting the, the breeze with him and saying, you know, Carmine. I mean, you you're responsible for for a ton of of comics history. What what's you know what's your favorite work or your you know character that you're most proud of? And you will never guess who he said. Mirror Master. No, that's a good guess, but no. <laughs> Batlash. Nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. He said Batlash is his favorite character. That I can see that. Yeah. 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 Definitely. That's a great yeah. character. So that's that's still one of my favorite memories. Uh was was Carmine Infantino and, and Tom Caters yeah. just sitting down and shooting the shit. Shooting the shit. Not recording, just sitting there talking and literally cracking each other up. And it was <laughs> they it was it was one of those like really special moments. It's like it, it reminds you of what an old soul Tom is. Well, you know, and that that Tom's favorite character is the Flash. Yeah, and it's like here he is sitting down with the guy who who basically invented his favorite character. Right, and I doubt if they even talked about that. It was just them. It's, it was just Tom being Tom and Infantino being Infantino. And, and, and Infantino, man, he was a pisser. He was a total pisser. And so Tom embraced that and they were, they were very, very humorous together. But, uh, that's one of my favorite things about New York is that, is that a lot of the, a lot of the creators that, that are still around, you know, they, they were New Yorkers and yeah, they're still yeah. New Yorkers. And so you're going to see, Folks like that, you know, Walt Simonson will be there, you know, and, and Louise Simonson will be there. Not that they're, you know, they're still working and, and not that they're ancient, but, you know, it's, you'll see Ramona Fraden will be there. Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the old school folks, Steranko will be there. That's, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to, to, um, to Zach's show, the, the Appleseed, because, you know, darn it, this is, Steranko, probably, yeah. This is going to be one of the best chances I've ever had to, Actually, have you know a meaningful amount of time to to talk to Stranko, who's one of my not just one of my comic book heroes, but one of my design heroes. And you know, I wanna I wanna you know absorb what I can out of that guy, you know, while while you know while the chance is there. So yeah, that go to same New York. Uh, yeah, um, that same New York Comic Con. Actually, I got I got a chance to chat with Stranko for about fifteen minutes as well. I yeah. got the uh, inside poop on. Uh, Another potential Appleseed guest, and I can't say, but it's, it's, it's big. Yeah. 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 Zach's a mover and a shaker. He is nice. a mover and a shaker. Yeah. Well, you guys mentioned DC. Can I throw a little bit of love at DC? I guess. Because I haven't been very complimentary in the past, the recent past, especially on these villain issues. 
um, many of the well, ones. I, well, I, I'm sorry to step on you. I walked into the in the comic shop today. I didn't even really know about this whole villain thing. <laughs> but boy, the holofoil yes. villain <laughs> covers. It was just like, I, I honestly, I was like, is it 1992? I almost bought one. But the, the one I wanted was sold out. Right. And that was done by our buddy Aaron Cooter. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Parasite? No, Lobo. Oh, because I saw Cooter yeah. posting Parasite images lately. It's beautiful. But. Yeah. Well, um, so to, to level the playing field a little bit and, and smooth it out with DC, I read two of these. Uh, well, I read a lot more. But these are the two best ones uh, from the bunch. And uh, they're really good, surprisingly good. Um, David, who's my all-time favorite DC villain? All-time favorite? All-time favorite. Oh, that would yeah. have to be Doomsday. That, you are right. Doomsday is my, my favorite DC villain. And he is featured in Batman Superman 3.1. Mm-hmm. Uh, retitled Doomsday Number 1, written by Greg Pak. You know you're in good hands, right? Pencils by Brett Booth. Inks by the great Norm Rapmund. And that's very fitting because Norm had his hands in the uh, Superman mythos back in the day when, when Doomsday was, was uh, a youngin'. So uh, a color art by Andrew Dowhouse. So it was with no small bit of trepidation that I read this issue, and I have to say that Mr. Pack does Doomsday proud, Aww. thankfully. Nice. Um, yeah, it's a tale of uh, Krypton's past, at least New 52 Krypton. Um, on an event called Remembrance Day, in which, you know, the population recognizes the sacrifices made during this battle between this, this engine of destruction that popped up out of nowhere, mm-hmm. a, a creature we all know as Doomsday. Uh, and w- when the, the, uh, stuff goes down, Lara Zorel, Superman's mommy, is a lieutenant in the, uh, Kryptonian military. And she notices the disturbance, uh, heads to the source, and goes toe-to-toe with Doomsday. Mm-hmm. They're throwing punches at each other. and It was funny, and this was worth the price of the issue by itself. Um, she goes home before and tells um, Jor-El, head to the basement. There's a problem. So the Jor-El spends the, the entirety of this issue hiding. <laughs> you don't, you don't see him, but he, he beats feet out of there while his wife goes punch for punch with, with, with Doomsday. Yeah, that, that was really cool. Um, so Doomsday is rip, well, we don't know him as Doomsday yet, but, uh, Doomsday's ripping up the place, uh, destroying, uh, buildings, killing people, uh, devastating the military, uh, just laying waste to a nice chunk of the planet. And uh, Lara just can't do it. The, the creature's just way too strong. It, the, the entire military can't do it. Why would she? Uh, and just when all hope is seemingly lost, who shows up but Zod? Nice. And he's wearing that... Uh, Kneel before Zod. Yeah, well, yeah. He's wearing General Zod. one of those um, uh, Kryptonian battle suits. Uh, oh, right. And these were one of the things that uh, supposed, they're supposedly ancient kryptonian artifacts and that gives him the power to 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 level the creature and save the day but that like the story doesn't end there that's just the intro that's really cool um 
there's there's you we have questions where did this beast come from right how why did he just suddenly appear and and start throwing the planet into chaos and what does zod uh, who uh, later in the issue uh, in the present uh, or the then present of uh, krypton he's imprisoned in the phantom zone so he started out as a good guy and then the worm turned and they realized that zod was really not a nice guy threw him in the phantom zone uh what did zod have to do with the whole thing and how does uh, young Zara Jor-El, uh, we know her as Supergirl, right? How does she fit mm-hmm. in, into the big picture? I'm not going to tell because <laughs> you, you have to read the issue to find out. But but Pack is very, very respectful to the past. I mean, he does Jurgen's creation proud, unlike nice. unlike the cyborg Superman. In, eh. in, in fact, Pack's um, reworking recollection of the big beats... Uh, in the Death of Superman storyline, it's almost metatextual because at one point, uh, Zara's in bed, right? And she's overhearing Lara telling this story about how nasty it was and how blood, you know, it was just a grim time in, in Krypton's past. And she, she's prods her father, um, Zorel. She's like, Dad, tell me the real story. Like, I'm not a kid anymore. I want, I want to know. And, and he goes over to the wall and pulls out this data pad. Mm-hmm. Which which has like the the legends and the destiny of the house of El, uh, and the cover of the data pad is the the Superman shield, mm-hmm. but it's dripping blood, just like the cover of the it, what was it uh, Adventures of Superman five hundred in which Superman died. Remember the black polybag cover? No doubt. That's the cover of the data pad. Nice. Yeah, that's that was really cool. It was like a nice touch. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that kind of smoothed over the absolutely hideous design for doomsday mm-hmm. doomsday's design is ridiculous i mean david mentioned the 90s before brett booth's artwork is very reminiscent of the 90s which is not a bad thing in my book it, it, right. it is kind of akin to what ian churchill did on cable if you can remember that really good stuff but it's of its time right it's of that period sure. and um the doomsday redesign is just everything that didn't work in the 90s on doomsday like it he's excessively spiky he even has tusks coming out of the sides of his of his mouth like it's nuts why would you dick with this with the doomsday design it was great when it was the original was great you don't mess with it but i mean and remember how doomsday's mouth was fused together and he couldn't really speak. He, he would just like this, this guttural, like grunts of half formed words. Like that is bestial. That, that's what makes Doomsday, um, I mean, not counting his physical appearance, but the fact that he, he can't communicate and he's, that makes him even more terrifying, right? But now Doomsday's mouth is, it moves freely. You can see his teeth. He, you know, that's a why. Why would you do that? Um, but I, I'll tell you, it was a really, really good issue. There's things going on with um, Zara that will, I'm sure, pan out in a, in other uh, super books. And uh, it's just it, Jurgens should really have nothing to complain about in this instance because uh, really well done. So they they've discarded the remember the uh, what was that alien's name uh, Bertram Bertrand or something the guy that introduced that the 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 doomsday organism into the krypton and then just kept killing it or letting it get killed and then cloning it and it would learn from its past mistakes and become even more powerful then it would die again and he'd clone the remains into a stronger creature like that's how doomsday was formed 
forced evolution. Just, you know what I mean? Learn from your mistakes because that doesn't seem to be the case here, which is, it's not really a detriment because the alternate origin is kind of cool. And so, like, uh, I thought it was a really good issue. It was, it was well worth, you know, the two ninety nine. Uh, one of the standouts so far in this this villain thing. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I got another one, but I'll save it for later. Because David's uh, got to talk about something. He fucking does. He fucking does. We promised. Well, I. Uh, the main thing I wanted to talk about. Will you do didn't that? See then? yet? What's so. that? Ah, yeah. Oh, no, nah, we're talking about comics. Yeah, it's from a comic. Because that has nothing to do um, with comics. Right, exactly. It um, yeah. How about you being lazy and not getting your, oh! your stuff done? See, it's about me being a father and an employed human being. Neither, I oh, mean, I all of us are none of that. Priorities, dude, priorities. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Uh, um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> well, the things that I, I, I did read were, were kind of tag teams with people like like... Bravest Warrior, like King's Watch, but I did read something that Vince talked about last week. Um, What's that? And, and well, it was it was my uh, return trip to to Valiant because it's been a few months since I've read anything by them, and uh, and and so I read the first issue of Eternal Warrior. Wow, it's a Greg Pak love fest. Um, yeah, I, I hopefully I enjoyed it for the Greg Pak. Uh, it it um, so tough. No, it, well, dude, how could it not? How, how could, how could I not be tough on something when, when, when their, their whole premise is to use properties that existed before? If I hadn't read the stuff before, then, what are you talking you know, about? then with the I, whole. Oh, I thought you were talking about the art. What'd you think of that? It, it's good. It's good hair sign. Uh, there's a lot of, um, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's Davis there. There's there's Adams. There's Tex. There's there, there's a little bit of a few different people. There's a lot of Val Merrick in it too. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah. I, there are definitely Trevor has his influence. Um, but it, it it moved. There were a lot of big panels. Yeah. But it was but but it was you know it was a battle. There there were sure. big behemoths that that you know people were writing. So I mean it worked. That you wouldn't put sixteen panels on a page in this book. Um. Now, when you got an elephant trying to ride, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and 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 a bitch of a daughter, but you had there, there there were um, it was it was a pretty cool first issue. I, I uh, it it's nothing like Archer and Armstrong. So, I mean, that's if if uh, the, the siblings are very different, uh, but um, there was the jump. To the present day, uh, and yeah, no, it was it. It really, the bulk of the issue was about this battle, one particular battle, which which kind of really uh, changed uh, Galad and about his life forever. Yeah, um, soured him, yeah, a little bit. It took him a long time to to make the swing, though. I mean, he fought for a long time after that. He though. did, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he finally. I just guess old habits die hard, right? They do, yeah, especially when you're immortal. Um, there was uh, there there was the the interesting scene with with his dog and the dog's name, and mm-hmm. and uh, it, it. I really, you know, it. I. 
it, it's very hard for me to go back to the place I was when, when I read the first few issues of Archer and Armstrong because I enjoyed that so much. And, and nothing from Valiant before, the, the, whether it was Harbinger or, or Exo Man or nothing before or since, uh, be it... No, actually, no, that, that's not true. Bloodshot, in a different way, came very close to that. I, I, I love the humor with, with that, that Valenti infused in Archer and Armstrong. Mm-hmm. With, with Bloodshot, I thought Swarzynski was telling a great story. Yep. Uh, so, so those two are my favorites, but, um, Eternal Warrior is, I think it, it's, it's more in the, um, it's probably more on the Harbinger side of things for me where it's there, I'll read it. If, if, uh, it, it's not my, I gotta read this every month, like Archer mm-hmm. Strong and Bloodshot are, but it, it, um, it, it's still, it, it, it's moving that universe along. It's still, you know, it, it's fleshing out the Valiant universe and I can't, I can't fault them for doing that. It, 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 uh, I, I'm not sure where it ties in Unity. That I've seen some preview pages for Unity. I'm not sure really how I feel about that. Um, Winslade, right? Isn't Phil Winslade drawn that? I think you're right. I think so. Uh, there have been a couple of covers that really haven't wowed me, but the... Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's, it's... I love it's, David. Actually, I do. It's, <laughs> someone, someone has to. But it, it's... it's um, no, I... I I think it's it's another um, feather and valiance cap. Eternal yeah. War is it, it's not uh, you know it's not like oh why they do this or go in this direction. I I didn't I didn't dislike it. It it really was a it, it, it was a solid first issue. It set things up. It it um, it really did give you a sense of who this character is. There were mm-hmm. uh, it's not like you read it and 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 come out of it wondering, you know, what you just read and, and, and how does it tie into things. It it just it fleshes out more of that universe and the characters in it and, and I'm sure because I haven't you know, I I'm not up to date on Shadow Man or Exo Man or or really a lot of the Valiant books right now. So I'm not sure where Unity I, I does does it stem out of of Harbinger? What what is the What's causing what, what? What's leading us to this unity? You're asking me. Yeah, I I'm, I'm current on Shadow Man and um, Eternal Warrior. Wow. Okay. And I think Bloodshot. So I can't really say that. Okay. You know, but um, I don't know. All I know is what I've read. I've loved. So either, maybe I'm getting easy in my old age. I don't know. Oh, you definitely are. I, well, Valiant's in an interesting uh, position. I mean, they seem to be, you know, creatively just win after win after win. I think I they're mean, banging out good books. Yeah. But you know, and 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 I I just uh, I guess I hope the um, the the ownership has deep pockets, just because I mean the books for, sadly aren't selling well, but but you know again i don't know what what level they need to sell for them where be. where are they and, falling in the the big uh, picture you don't want to know it's suppressing no, but yeah well yeah but that's, that, not, that's not, after not, hours. are totally, you kidding certainly me certainly not in line with, yeah. uh, with 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 the quality of the line has been put that's it that way that's nuts yeah yeah so i had no idea i don't even look at those lists i i i, I haven't looked at one in in months and months but uh but i was having a conversation with someone else the other day who mentioned those books specifically to me so i was just 
Damn. Actually, quite surprised, yeah. So. History repeats. Yeah. Yep. But, um, I don't... Hit, history is repeating awfully sooner than it did before. Uh, right. it, it, it took, took a while to, to whimper in, into the darkness. But here, um, yeah, I, I just, I hope they're not blowing their wad too soon. Well, what I the just, hell does it take to crack the market these days? Ask Image. They're doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But their, their, their books are decidedly different though. I, th- I think they are the, um, current alternatives as far as the marketplace goes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, you, if Marvel and DC aren't doing it for you, where do you go then? Dark Horse? You'll get Hellboy. I mean, Dark Horse has a lot of good books, but I'm, I'm talking about the mentality of the, the, the buying, the people that buy these things. Dark Horse mm-hmm. is associated with Hellboy. That's their sure. thing, you know? Yeah. Well, um, so- yeah, well, well, what would they be without without Hellboy, right? You know? And it's it's tough, but for for these kind of the, the kind of quality that's coming out of Valiant to not crack the top, like you know, I don't even know. Let's just say fifty. That's insane. Fifty. Hmm. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> what you think. That's try uh, like two hundred, bro. It's ridiculous. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with people, man? Well, maybe the trade sales are great. Who knows? I think a lot of it, and we all know this to be true, a lot of it has to do with volume. That's why do you think Marvel publishes so many titles? Well, I think there's actually, you're on to something there. I think there's a delicate balance, you know, and and all of these companies struggle with it, whether it be IDW or Dynamite or or Valiant, perhaps, um, in that, you know, they they want to put out enough titles to matter and to, to offset the cost of like the licenses or just the overall infrastructure of running a publishing company. But at the same point in time, when there's some connectivity between the titles, it makes it that much more daunting for people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's just, it's a tough, it's a tough road to hoe. Right. And I think dynamite does a hard, dynamite does a horrible job of it. Right. They, they they, they get the Hornet license. They put out seven Hornet, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I think they're terrible at it. At least me. For my, and again, I'm not, I don't have any numbers to back this up. I'm just saying empirically when I, Look through the the previous catalog. I groan when I see the but dynamite. You should read Lone Ranger. And I'm not even disputing that. I'm just saying That's that dynamite true. has turned me off to, to just because of the the saturation, right? Um, I think IDW has gotten into trouble with that a little bit, but 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 I will say that they're the the thing they have going for them is that one or two of each of the licensed books is so you know is, is of such high quality that. You, you can just stick with those, you know? So I guess yeah. they kind of escape it a little bit. And we don't know the stipulations of the agreement, too. I mean, a lot of these licensees sure. might require more than one book. No question. Yeah. No question yeah. about it. It's, it's funny talking about, uh, you know, volume and shelf space and all that. Um, Jeanette Kahn is, did I mention this last week, that she is going to do um, a, uh, a talk here for the humanities? Yes, yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in, well, she was, she was, was head of DC during the the DC explosion, which was basically trying to catch up with with Marvel um, and and how much shelf presence they had. So yep. you know, it's it's not it's not just it's not just the little guys that try and grab shelf presence. I mean, that was I mean, as yeah, soon as the uh, direct market was was born, that was uh, you know you had a finite amount of, of shelf space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why the initial blast of the new 52 didn't last because there were 52 new books mm-hmm. and you you know i don't think there's many uh buyers that can afford to get it all right. and, and so the 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 cream or the uh 
most desired by the majority of the buying public floats to the top and you get good books that are just that fade away because you can't buy everything. Well, that's okay. That's the natural way of things. I mean, it's it, we act like that is something new to comics. No, it's no. kind of it's kind of been that way forever. But it was easier to to weather that kind of explosion when the books were thirty five cents to fifty cents. Oh, now yeah, they're right. you know three ninety nine and two. It's just you can't buy it all. Back when, back in the day, we could conceivably buy it all. True. So. True. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Yes. Yes, there is. There it's and it is it's um I actually I really like Andy's um Lone Ranger, whatever. No, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And and I mean and And, and that's not uh, just because I like Andy. I you know, it actually I oh, love Andy. You know, quality happens. It's just that their their publishing tactics kind of overshadow yeah, the the quality with Twenty-seven um, Green Hornet books, and and I mean, if you can screw up Jack Kirby's uh, the Genesis stuff, you're doing something wrong. I mean, there's so many great concepts in that that Kirby stuff, and they just published what? What was it? Five ongoings? Four or five ongoings at once? That's that's crazy. Right. And gee, why didn't it get find a, a, a toehold? Well, because you put too much stuff out. So there you go. But yeah, we 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 were talking about King's Watch number one. Yes. And uh, illustrated by Mark Laming, who uh, we did all did the intro last week. Did the intro last week, but we also, I mean, if you if you're not a Planet of the Apes fan, right. you you really probably aren't aware of this man's brilliance on the page. He did um, what was it? Exile, I think, the miniseries, the Exile miniseries, uh, or Betrayal. It was, I think, it was Exile. But um, the guy is just fantastic, and he is from the um, Gabriel Hardman. Yeah, for sure. Co- um, yeah. school. The, I would even say Al Williamson to a well, well, I mean, I would say both. The last planets, planets trade out. Um, no, because the the, the the last issue didn't come out yet. Oh, okay. Because I've got up to volume four. Well, the last issue of the ongoing came out, but they're yeah. wrapping up the storyline. I think in. Either well, two, that, two or three specials, and the very, okay. very last one did not come out yet. So is that going to be volume five? I would assume, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, this is written by Jeff Parker. Hey. Uh, color art by Jordan Boyd. And if you're a fan of the classic um, characters. King's the, Features characters. Yes, King's Features. This is the book for you because it features Flash Gordon. Mandrake the Magician. Yep. Who else, David? The Phantom. The, as my mother would say, the Phantom. You. It's the, the, and what's interesting, another comic, uh, related, the Phantom comic strip, daily black and white newspaper strip, mm-hmm. is penciled by Paul Ryan. Yes. You're right. I know. I That's am. true. And you know what? A lot of, um, uh, I don't want to say aficionados, but, uh, comic book historians, they attribute um, the first superhero not to Superman, mm-hmm. but to Mandrake the Magician. Yeah. Because... Uh, my, my only experience with these characters, by the way, is this, this comic strips from newspapers. Right. Well, well right, that yeah, was their yeah, heyday. Individually, but as, as a group... No, there was I, a comic strip on Sundays where they were always a group. Well, there was the cartoon in the 80s. Defenders, Defenders of the, the Earth. Earth, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that was, and that was a Starline comic book from Marvel. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Yeah. Uh, that was, um, I, 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 I'm blanking on the creative team, but I, I, I had the first couple issues of that. Or I had the first couple issues of that, but that was based on the, um, the animated series and, and that I would watch in the mornings before school. But this was, um, I never got those guys with Johnny Quest, just for the record. I never. Yeah, Johnny Quest is completely lost on me. I, 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 I love Johnny adore, Quest. I adore the Komiko comic series a hell of a lot more than I ever did the cartoon. Look at you. Really? Yeah. Mm. But Lee Falk created two of these characters. He created yes. Mandrake, and that's the thing. Action number one appeared in 38, while I think Mandrake's King Feature strip uh, premiered four years prior to that. So, believe what you want to believe. I don't know. Mandrake may be the first superhero. Nah. Well, he he does have superpowers. Yeah, but has he been in a movie where he killed Yaki, He's yeah. he's not as as um uh powerful as Doctor Strange. Like he can't do some of the things Stephen can do. But I there mean, there's some Doctor Strange type things going on in this issue. Right, right, right. Um. I don't know if I, I I did this last week, but the setups, if pretty similar to the opening, uh, maybe half hour from that crappy ass Flash Gordon movie. <laughs> o- only these special effects are believable because they're. Beautiful. Wait, what? What crappy Flash Gordon movie? <laughs> the, the only crappy Flash Gordon movie. The um. Why? What? I don't know what crappy. <laughs> oh, dude, that movie's horrible. <laughs> No Flash. I love I love it, but it's not a good movie. Um, the original Flash. Gordon. Yeah, the, the, every, everything about that movie sucks. Um, Queen soundtrack. It's, the Queen awesome. soundtrack is horrible, dude. It's awesome. It was the oh my god! No, what a Just so that I'm going to be Ming the Merciless next week. That's the hotness. Hurling your bodies into the void. Um, but anyway, it's, it's the same setup. You have this planetary chaos. Um, NASA doesn't know what's causing it, but you have these explosions or electromagnetic kablooies in, in the sky. They don't know. Meteorites, space junk. Could it be the magnetic field, solar storms? They have no freaking idea. They're clueless. And, um, these religious groups use these incidents as, um, uh, yeah, it is not. yeah, as, as a, uh, an opportunity to, uh, preach their gospel, so to speak. And to, to make things even worse, there's an epidemic of nightmares plaguing, uh, and the violent femmes? The, the, <laughs> pl- plaguing the population. You, they're all having these, these terrible dreams of these, these misshapen creatures on, on yeah, what look like horses and they're, they're, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's Lovecraftian beasts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you got fire and chaos and death and bloodshed and screaming and there's a lot of stuff going on in this issue. Um, Mandrake the Magician is talking to what I'm assuming is this demonic thing that's telling him, you know what, the end of the world's coming. You got a snake cult, um, who's torturing and killing, uh, people in hopes of finding this thing called the king's watch which we don't know what it is yet uh yeah the 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 phantom is traipsing around in bengala uh with uh what's the dog's name devil uh did we get cut off his his dog devil they're 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 seeing these disturbances like what in the heck is going on and then you got flash gordon 
lazy <laughs> lazy loaf about Flash Gordon, who who his father. That's the Flash's father thinks he's a no good for nothing. Uh, unmotivated slob, and he New wants York Jets quarterback, dude. Not in this, he's not. He wants to bring no. him, wants to bring him into the company. <laughs> but, but Flash has plans, right? He's flying this prototype spaceship with with Doctor Hans Zarkov. It's just, it's kind of like there, there's there's <laughs> elements from the movie in in this book. Yeah. Um. Even Dale Arden's in it. She's having the nightmares yeah. too. But I, 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 um, speaking of the movie, I think it was the, uh, the very last page, very last panel in the last page. That was kind of like, it was, uh, actually, it's the last thing that's said. It, it's yeah. the, 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 the path that will bring the demons of Mongo. Mongo. Because, be because Flash and Dr. Wait, All right. The defensive tackle for the 1985 Bears. <laughs> but Michael. So, <laughs> He's crazy. So, so because because yeah. NASA has no clue what's going on, Flash, Flash, and and Doctor Zarkov take it upon themselves to take the prototype spacecraft up there to see what's going on. And while they're up there, the shit hits the fan, and one word echoes in the end of the issue, and that's Mongo. So you know who the big bad's going to be. I'm sorry, I, I just keep thinking of Michael. <laughs> I thought this issue was great. Um, the, it's fun. The writing is, is, uh, up to Parker's stellar, yep, um, yep. uh, past, but the, the real joy is Mark Lamming's artwork. It, it's, it's unbelievably I, good. I, uh, I, I follow Monkey Mark on, on Instagram and it's nice to see that, uh, some of the layouts and, and, uh, and, and work he's been doing, the, 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 the photos he's been posting. It, it's nice to see that, uh, what he was working on has finally come yeah. to pass and, and, and things start to make sense now. But, um, showstopper of the issue is a jungle battle between a bull elephant <laughs> and a giant red anthropomorphic dinosaur man. Yeah. Oh, with, 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 um, the, um, what's Mandrake's, Mandrake's, uh, buddy. Oh, Lothar. 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 Lothar's, Lothar, yeah. Lothar stuck in the middle of it. It is awesome. It's cinematic. It's so big, and it's yeah. it's a great little issue. And it came out from Dynamite of all yeah, places. Yeah, this actually might be a Dynamite book that I will read when it's collected. Yeah, you know, yeah. you really have to. It because Laming is great. Yep. Yeah. Is it Laming or Laming? How do you Laming. Say it? Laming. Mark Laming. And, uh, yeah. No, it's. Uh, I always feel like these characters, all of those characters. It's funny, like Dynamite. They have the right idea. They just don't execute on it. Like right. a lot of these characters are fertile ground. Or they fumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe this time they get it right. Oh, they definitely got it right. Yeah. yeah, and it's a mini series too, so it's not going to be a huge investment on your part. Did, did you similarly love it, David? I did. I did. I mean, I I uh I have an an affection for these characters. Sure. Um, movie aside and and the the um even the Phantom movie sucks. Oh, yeah, see that I never watched. Oh, it's horrible. I just knew it, with Mr. Guyliner, I wouldn't <laughs> Guyliner. I, 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 I never bothered with He's that. more attractive He's not from Billy Zane. No. Nah. <laughs> He, wow. He's the Titanic Billy Zane. Yeah, he needs I'm supposed to be, to be the hateful, mean one. <laughs> that is true. True. Um, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that whiplash there? Uh, no, it it's um it it looks beautiful. I I am a um I'm a Parker fan through and through. Yeah. I, I not not just his writing. I, I have his art on on my wall, so I I don't uh I'm not going to turn away 
from just, just like a Van Lanthe book. I'm not going to say no to a Jeff Parker book. And, and it's, uh, it, yeah, it, it, it's neat because I'm, I'm used to Jeff Parker with, you know, the Hulk or right. Ages of Atlas or, or, um, X-Men First Class, but it, he has no problem, uh, you know, slipping into something like this where he's working with characters that have been around since the thirties and forties and, and it, it just, it, and makes it modern and, uh, it's no, not forced I, though. It's not a forced modernization. Right. No, it's either. not. And, yeah. and it's all going to make sense as, as things, you know, it's, it's, what's, what's, um. Thankfully, there's no good old days kind of talk in this book right. from the characters. And like, there's no reminiscing. They are in their prime. For the most part, especially almost for the first half, uh, Mark does all the panels widescreen. Mm-hmm. They, they just, and, and it, it, it has a cinematic feel to it. There's a nice, laying of the groundwork it it's uh you know there's really no there isn't going to be too many questions asked at the end of the first issue everybody everybody has a place you know who all the players are going to be and and mm-hmm. yeah. we, we we take off from here and, and I'm I'm on board it felt I, like an exercise issue to me it it it's just packed with stuff the the uh the the narrative bounces around back and forth from you know Bengala, then it goes to California, and then it goes yeah, to it goes to Connecticut, and and Dale Arden is a sassy little broad. Love it. Yeah, yeah she's like she, she's like the lowest lane you'd like to see in your Superman movies. Okay, I wow. feel like our listeners tonight. You guys are uh, getting me to spend money. Good. <laughs> uh, Chris got me to spend forty two dollars. Yeah. Nice. Look at that. I I just have to say, well done. Mr. Laming, well yeah. done, sir. And Jeff Respect. Parker. And Jeff Parker. Yeah, I can't. I can't sell him short. He did mm-hmm. a great job. But it's it's a lot of fun. Can uh, Can I veer veer quickly into the world of digital comics for a second? No, I By wish you would. Means. What do you got? Um, no, it'll be worth it, Chris, because it's a it's a guy you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Monkey Brain. Yeah, I, I feel like don't, don't give Monkey Brain the due that they we deserve. Don't. We don't. Um, in that, I would say I've probably read maybe a fifth to a quarter of the stuff that they've put out. And when I say that, I mean like tried, you know, this, the different series. And I have yet to find a series that I, I didn't think was really well done. And it's a diverse set of, of, of comics. And I give them a lot of credit for kind of coming right out of the gate and putting a lot of quality out there. Uh, and, and, the the series I wanted to mention is one that's uh, by far and away thus far closest to mine, and I suspect your three hearts uh, that Monkey Brains put out, and that is Kinski. Oh yeah, by <laughs> our, our buddy and mm-hmm. and and creator extraordinaire Ga- Gabriel Hardman. Um, I know Ga- Gabriel is really excited about this book. Um, by his own admission, it's it's the quirkiest uh, comic he's he's done uh, to date. Uh, it's you know it's his it's his it's purely from his, uh, you know, cerebellum, if you will. Um, and I've read the first two issues. Is there a third issue out yet, David? Do you know? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, it came out today, right? Yeah. Oh, it came out today? Okay, I was going to say, because I don't have the third issue yet, but I've read Not the first yet. two. Yeah, the third issue is out, yep. And they, uh, this is a, if, if, it's interesting. I would love to hear from our listeners that maybe have tried this because they're fans of, of Gabriel. What they think, what I mean is people that maybe don't know Gabriel 
like personally. So you just know him for his artistic expertise. I would love to know what you think of this relative to like what what I or I'm sure if you guys have read any of the issues must think because you know we know Gabe, we know his passions, we know his love for movies, um, we we know you know the the uh, I mean let's be honest he's he's somewhat of a of a movie snob. Um, uh, Gabriel and, snob no and this 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 book is a is a, and he's also an animal lover. Um, and, and his wife, Karina, is also an animal lover and uh, a, a zoologist by, by trade. She's a full-time um, writer now, but, but for a long time that we knew her, she was a, zoolo- a practicing zoologist. They're animal lovers, and this is a story about a guy named Joe who sells chicken feed, and uh, it's kind of a no, no dead-end job. And he comes across a dog named Kinski, who is, uh, although you don't need it to really... The, the name doesn't doesn't mean mean much on a surface level, but it is the dog is named after Klaus Kinski, Klaus a real quirky actor that's a, that again Gabriel's a big fan of, to say the least. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and it's, it's a, a, watch a documentary called My Fiend. Yeah, yep. yeah, uh, uh, it's a Werner Herzog, right? Yep. Yeah. So so Gabriel, it's a story about the, the, this guy Joe that, that finds his dog and, and decides he wants to to keep keep Kinski. Um, and, and, and the, the hijinks ensue and, and, and let's just say that, um, Joe is not, uh, <laughs> he, he's not, uh, he doesn't have his priorities straight. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's definitely a guy grasping with his reality. You know, he, he, he clearly is, is on the search for, for something to give his life meaning and, and perhaps unfairly and, and unrealistically applies the idea of owning this dog to fill that giant void in his life. And, um, he just makes a, a series of, of ridiculously poor decisions to help fuel this, this, you know, true, true obsession with, with this dog that he just, he comes across. Um, and again, I, I guess the third issue is just out. So I for, forgive me for not being able to speak to that, but the first two issues are just a real treat. But again, why, why I mentioned the thing about the listeners is that, to me, I loved this because I could picture Gabriel having an absolute thrill writing and drawing this book. Like, this is such a personal work to me for him. Like, this is a Gabriel comic. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so. It's a, it's, as, a, it's a passion project. Right. And as much as I find it really entertaining on its own, and I don't want to dismiss that, I don't want to diminish that. Um, in no small part, am I smiling as I read it, thinking of how much fun Gabriel's having doing the book, if that makes sense. It does. You know, makes a lot so, of sense. And and I know even stylistically, like Gabriel's, he made some conscious decisions, which people, if, if you're going to try it because you listen to us talk about it and you haven't yet, uh, it's all six-panel grid. It's all black and white. Uh, it's it's by design a little bit of a simpler, uh, more consistent line that Gabriel's chosen to do here. Um, it, it, it by no means, and I don't want, again, if you've seen it, you'll know what I mean. I, I don't want to suggest it's, a, it, it's not the classic sort of wonderfully... Uh, illustrative work that we've come to know, but but it's just you, you'll see what I mean. Just just let's use a black, put it that way. Um, and uh, you know he chose to do it in black and white for a reason, and it's just very evocative of the kinds of films that 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 Gabriel holds in the highest regard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think it's 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 just wonderful to see. Uh, again, this is kind of like a microcosm of what we've been talking about of late, which is just we're in this period in comics transient or not, I hope not, but but whether it is or not is irrelevant to, to the point, um, where creators are getting a chance to do comics that they love, that they're passionate about. 
and they're able to do it with it being financially reasonable to do so. And I love that. I love seeing that happen. And Kinski yeah. is is a perfect illustration of that. So um, it's like I think it's I'm pretty sure it's ninety nine cents per issue uh, yeah. on Comicsology and. I don't know. I haven't. I should have asked Gabe before we went on, but I, I don't know if they're planning on uh, printing this like they've been doing with some of the other uh, Monkey Brain works. But I sure hope so when it's finished up. Yep. But, and uh, and let's let's be honest. A lot of that, a lot of the newfound opportunity these artists have would not have been possible without digital. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So oh, no, you know, yeah, you know, absolutely. you know, love it or hate it, you have to give uh, props to digital for opening the door for a lot of these works we wouldn't have seen. If uh, traditional publishing were the rule, so yeah, yeah, no question. So it's uh, it's also ninety nine cents for um, a full full length twenty twenty two page comic. Mm-hmm. Some of the uh, and it's the way the stories are told, but some of the monkey brain books are uh, twelve thirteen pages. Right. Uh, it's still ninety nine cents. It's still what you get, but. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Gabe I think Van Depp's like 10 or 12 pages. Okay. Yeah. For that price, but yeah. yeah. Go Gabriel. No it's, doubt. And it's I a beautiful that, looking book. I mean, it's, wow. it's black and That's white. That's almost art. redundant. I mean, <laughs> when, when, uh, I mean, we, we talk about, um, we, we mentioned Al Williamson and, and, and it, mm-hmm. there's definitely a vibe there with, with Gabe's work, but I mean, it's, it's gorgeous in black and white and, and this, uh, basically, just echoing everything that that Jason said, but this this feels personal. This this feels like it's it's a labor of love, and and um, you know I it's it's hard for me to as as I'm reading the second issue, I kind of I'm almost turning the corner on Joe, but he is not somebody who I'd be friends with. But oh no question yeah. yeah so but it's 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 like it's like you think <laughs> you want his heart to be in the right place mm-hmm. but there are other ways to go about it and and but no it's it, those nothing- are interesting characters to to yes. observe yes uh, D- david you've uh you watched house of cards right yes i'm i'm about halfway through and i love the francis underwood character uh-huh. he's not someone who you want to be friends with but right. he's absolutely fascinating to watch so yes. and it's kind of the same thing with with kinski it's a, those you know yeah it's, these are not these are not people you you want to like you know call up on a saturday afternoon whenever you're <laughs> doing errands at the home depot and and catch up with i mean these are horrible people yeah. for the most part not, not exactly reliable if you need to ride to the airport exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's, it's a, nothing is cut and dry it's it that mm-hmm. you can't you definitely can't judge a book by its cover because you, you think if a character is is going in a certain direction <laughs> uh they may flip the script on you so mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's definitely one i i second what i because chris brought it up before and now jason and and now it's 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 a book you you should definitely be be checking out, and it's it's. Uh, I, I think it's worth the ride. Yeah, and I would say too that this uh, this book gave me the impetus, and I've already talked to Gabe about this of his drawing Cosmo, the uh, the cosmonaut dog from oh, to the Galaxy on my jam piece. That, How perfect is that? Right, that is great. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I gave you that idea. <laughs> yeah, me too, Vince. dude. Don't front. That's the, nice uh, to hear, Vince. I try and help a brother out when I can. I know. Word. You're, a You're a good guy. And you know who can help you out? Get your <laughs> comics disgustingly cheap. 
Who? Discount Comic Book Service. DC. What? Right. DCBService.com. Get your comics. Get them for a little bit of money. Get them delivered right to Stay your home. DCBService.com. They are the act, the absolute best. I like the cut of your jib, sir. How about that? Um, you may eat those words because in your travels, go to a comic shop and buy Justice League 23.2. Oh my Pardon? God! Yes, what? Justice, what? Justice League twenty three point two, aka Lobo number one. Oh, Jesus Christ! It, it, it was written, now. It features a, a gorgeous cover by our friend Aaron Cooter. That's oh, my boy. In which the main man completely devastates the Justice League. Wait, you, you see the commission I got coming from. You Aaron see tatters. Uh, Flash's costume is all tattered. The the Green Lantern ring is floating in the air. Aquaman's trident. And I wanted to buy this damn 3D cover, but they the local shop didn't have it. Gone. And DC's not reprinting them. Well, that's that's not entirely true. If you want a 3D cover, you have to buy all 52 in one shot for $199, and they're all second printings, which doesn't matter to me. But if I wanted the Lobo cover, I'm not going to shell out 200 bucks for 51 other books I don't want, right? So, right. so it's safe to say I'm not going to have the 3D Lobo cover, but that's okay. But anyway, it was written by Marguerite Bennett. Ben Oliver and Cliff Richards on art. Cliff Richards. Oh, Cliff Richards. Um, Daniel Brown on gorgeous cover, color. Mm-hmm. And Sal Cipriano did the letters. I love this book. I loved it. I loved the whole, the entirety of it just clicked with me. Yeah. Right? And you should, it shouldn't because when I tell you why, it, the setup's kind of typical. Lobo takes a job, uh, transporting, uh, he's smuggling. A cargo, uh, not because of money or power or all of the other things that Lobo would usually take a job for, but because mm-hmm. the person uh, from which he takes the job has information that Lobo wants, desperately wants. You do this for me, I'll give you the information you require. He's like, okay. So, so he's transporting the, the, the cargo into an area called Grave Space. It's this dark, area where uh it got its name because there's a lot of predators in the area you go into grave space you die and while he's there he gets into a little shoot 'em up with uh pirates or space thieves and his ship crashes on a planet and the cargo is revealed and it's living cargo he's transporting slaves mm. to their deaths these creatures are going to be boiled down I'm out dude no, listen. The, gotcha. the, these creatures are going to be boiled down because there are very precious um, elements in their bones, and it's very valuable. So they're 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 basically currency. He's taking these living creatures to their deaths, and he kind of beats himself up for it once he realizes, like, I can't do this. Yeah, I can. I got to. And he eventually does. He does it. He brings the cargo to where he was supposed to bring it. And the whole thing of the issue is the information that Lobo wanted was the location of the last Zarnian. Now, wait a minute. You're thinking, wait a minute. No, no, that's the thing. The Lobo currently traipsing around the DC Universe, the the Rob Zombie on steroids version with the chains and the hair and the... the, That's not the true Lobo. That's that's an imposter. This Lobo is sleek and streamlined. I like pretty, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, he's pretty, but... Th- look at it this way. The Lobo we all know and love, the, the main man Lobo, is a, 
a, a, a creature of power. This dude is all speed. And there's, it, it's illustrated in a beautiful double page spread where he slices and dices this alien. He, he sections him. And the way it's illustrated, it's beautiful. The guy was drinking, uh, a goblet of some kind of alcoholic beverage. And you can see the goblet spinning in the air. You see different, uh, turnings of the goblet. And the, the character is sectioned. His head's cut off. His torso's cut off. You, his fingers are all cut off. And in the, and there, it's, it's one big panel with a little inset down the lower right where Lobo has the, the goblet in his hand and he's starting to drink from it. So he just obliterated this character in like the blink of an eye in mm-hmm. the speed where he could catch the goblet. That's fast. I mean, the, the, I, I absolutely love this issue. Now, and I'm not a traditionalist. I mean, you want to dick with Lobo, go ahead. But if you do it right, and this, this, this issue did it right. Extremely good. I was really surprised how much I enjoyed it. The, yeah. the, the, uh, Ben Oliver artwork is gorgeous. Just absolutely stunning. And the color arts, Jordy Belair quality. Huh. Yeah, it's great. By the way, isn't it amazing how quickly Jordy Belair's become sort of the go-to yeah. reference for good colors? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, Val's probably going, fuck you guys. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a little, uh, a little late to the party on this one by, I think, uh, an issue or two, but, uh, I was at a comic shop today and saw a single issue and I was like, I'm going to buy that because I'm a fan of this gentleman's work. Uh, Trillium. You guys read it? Yeah, yet? I read the first one. I have not read it. Yeah, it looks absolutely fantastic. It's um, uh, it's Jeff Lemire, and you open it up, and it it is a Jeff Lemire comic. But he's he's flexing some some tighter muscles on this one. This is not Sweet Tooth art. It's uh, I mean, it's still Jeff, but um, it's uh, stylistically, I think, is has tightened up a tad. This is uh, this is uh, a big. Uh, sci-fi adventure so it's uh it's outer space uh amongst the stars it is mm-hmm. it's not the uh the post-apocalyptic uh you know gritty ground book that that sweet tooth was um so it's uh it's a it's a little different look here uh very different story um i've only read the first half of it and that's um it's one of the things uh you guys, you guys know me, and I'll bring it up once or twice a year, um, which is is about a hundred times less than I should bring it up. Um, comic books are amazing because they are comic books, and whenever you use the the medium to uh, to enhance your storytelling, whenever you embrace the fact that this is a a, a tactile medium that um, you can you can control certain things through. Through the, the the pacing of of panels and pages and and all that kind of stuff, um, that's whenever the the beauty of comics is is kind of revealed to the to the viewer. And this is a this first issue is a comic that has two stories that uh, uh, it's very apparent you can read it from uh, one story from one side and then flip it over and it's upside down and um, and then you can read the the other half of the story from two different perspectives and uh, and they meet in the middle so it doesn't matter what side you you start on but you know you you can um, 
you know, explore this comic in, in different ways. And that is, that's using the medium in a very mm-hmm. cool and awesome way. It reminds me kind of of the, uh, not exactly, but if you remember the, uh, the, the, uh, G.I. Joe Cobra one shot where, oh, yeah. Uh, it was, it was two different stories, but it was the exact same, mm-hmm. uh, panel layouts, but, yeah, but your images oh, yeah. of them. It's like, yeah, you know what? That is using the medium in a way that is, you know, beyond the, the, the mundane. Yeah. And, uh, and so Jeff is doing that in this first issue of Trillium. I can't wait to finish it. And, uh, and, you know, anything that, that Jeff, that Jeff does, uh, um, the 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 turnkey the the art and the writing I'm a, I'm a huge fan of. Yep. Two things. Mm-hmm. I agree. I thought the first issue was great. I think the sci-fi cover is mm-hmm. the best image Lumiere has kicked out to date. Wow, heady! I love it, and it is not a quick read. It is dense. No, no, no. There, yeah. there are some twelve panel pages. There are there are some pages that are so text heavy or dialogue heavy that it'll take you you know it it's not going to be like a 10 minute read it, and, and it's better for it i you, yeah. you're getting value well, you're, for yeah, it. i mean you're, you're a bronze age guy so oh yeah have, you know so is it is it overwritten though? i don't think so no but some of the bronze age stuff was a little overwritten but that was just a product of the time well, i didn't hear that <laughs> uh, well, that's cool. You know, but Jeff, Jeff's a good writer. I'm, I'm yeah, sure it's, it's a great. Yeah, yeah I first issue. I I think I was on a, a a more lofty high than first issue of um, Sweet Tooth. Definitely. Yeah, it, it's you guys. Um, who here has finished Sweet Tooth? I know we talked about it at length. Yeah, yeah. not, not me. I didn't finish it yet. Yeah, yeah, get get there, get there. I want to. Uh, it's mm-hmm. maybe off mic. I want to hear your thoughts about it. I think you'll. I think out of everyone, I think Vince. I think you will be like that was. <laughs> that's something that's going to stick with me for a long time. Yeah, probably. I think and, it's gonna. I think it's gonna touch your soul. You're right <laughs> about his um the 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 shift in in uh, um approach to to Trillium. It's a lot tighter than we're used to seeing from Jeff. Yeah, yeah, it's he uh, handles it I really mean, it's well. Still, it's still loose and, oh, and yeah. inky looking, and it's still Jeff, but but there's a there's a tightness to this that um, he picks uh, up a pen uh, in this one. Yeah, yeah, yes. It's not all it's not all brushy, right? Yeah, mm. he's using repeal graphs. Well, yeah, I don't think so. I think he's I using doubt, nibs, I, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we agreed. Oh. <laughs> um. I'm going to since since Vince went big two. I'm gonna say big two. I'm going to um, recommend pick up uh, issue 18 of Otto was a dick. <laughs> I know no, he's not. Uh, Superior <laughs> Spider-Man number 18. Uh, it is uh, of course written by Dan Slott, penciled by Ryan Stegman, uh, Liv Sazer, anchor, and uh, it is just um, they don't know how to go slow or or light. No. Uh, as far as this story is going, it's, 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 uh, full speed ahead from the first page to the last. Um, there's a, uh, th- there's a knockdown drag out between, uh, the Spider-Man of our present day and the Spider-Man of the future. Uh, there's, um, there's, there's, there's a lot of things are starting to unravel a little bit, uh, for Otto, uh, in, 
in this particular issue. Um, doesn't have the, the 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 firm hold he thought he had on uh, on his world and and um, his world's falling re- to hell, and all he's worried about <laughs> is his damn thesis. And yes, that's, <laughs> that is basically it. He really has become Peter Parker. And, and, <laughs> and it's it's uh, it's and he's you know he's he's regretting things that he's done uh, over the past year. Um, as far as his actions, not uh, not not regretting any um, anybody but himself, but it, it's it's a uh, yeah, it, it's it's one chapter in in a story that that's ongoing, but it it's uh, it there's there's a lot going on, yeah, and and yeah, I mean, and it's, it's as as much as issue seventeen. Was was a setup and a tease and and um, and very nice with the sleight of hand as far as how the present day can lead into what uh, what happens in the year two thousand ninety nine. This is more action packed and um, and it it really does move at a breakneck pace. I don't know if it's just a lot blowing the company smoke, but he said that the end of this story will have profound ramifications in the uh, Spider Verse. This is one time where I nothing I, will ever be the same. I, I don't know. Kind of, I I you know I don't. We we've heard it from so many other places. Stop it and and you know we, I've been so good tonight too. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but it's it, no. I can. And again, you know, in in three years, if Slot's not writing Spidey and and someone else comes on and and decides to shake things up, so be it. But I mean, as far as what I'm seeing in the book right now. I could, I, I, I believe him. I believe uh, young Mr. Allen has a carbonite spine because that's the only way he could have survived being pulled <laughs> yes, from. <by> the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you're right. Here's a question for you. Yeah. I mean, Slot has been freaking right. I mean, where is he in the pantheon of, in terms of volume of, of all time Spider Man writers? He's oh. he's up there because it's not it, it, it's, climbing the list. Yeah. yeah, because I mean, because of double shipping and and the web. Heads, That's what I mean. Yeah, he's, he's no Jerry Conway, but come on, he's no, up there. He's uh, has he written more than Mackey or Michelini at this point? That's a good question. We should do our homework and research that. Yeah, we'll look into that. But yeah, yeah he's. Yeah. he's I, I'm 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 one that's usually the um, don't confuse activity with accomplishment. Right. Exactly. But it's, you know, it's it's. Yeah, but I mean, most of Slot's Spider-Man has been beloved. I mean, I, yeah. I, whether even was when he was doing the Brain Trust. I mean, I think his issues were were generally some of the best, if not the best, received. And then the guy's good. That, that's how he got this gig. And, and I, I, it seems yeah. again with the most passionate Spider-Man fans, which are more inclusive of Vince and David than Chris and I. But but you know I, what I've read of, I, I've read all of Superior, um, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's w- really well done. But yeah, I mean, he's. I'm just saying, like, but from a sheer volume, he's he's climbing the ladder. I mean. Um, like Jerry Conway only wrote forty issues of, of uh, Amazing right. Spider-Man. Yeah, it wasn't. He, and, you he, said, and you said Alan. You meant Normie. Oh yeah. Well, Liz's son. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Norm, Alan. Little Norm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but you know to take the title character's ultimate um, bad guy, put him in the place of the title character, and make the damn thing work. Yeah. That's right. that's hard to do. I don't want Peter Parker to come back for at least another couple of years because this is just so much fun. Well, I didn't until this issue. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, really, dude? I, he just, well. yeah, he's, he's, 
and it's it's just been one issue, but it it's yeah there, there things seem to have just unraveled rather quickly, and and yeah, I mean it couldn't happen to a nicer guy, but it's still one of those things where it's like you said because of the thesis, and I mean between his his, his little woman and, and Mary Jane, and, and literally little woman, and you know it's just and and the whole thing with with um with with horizon and well you know if you would showed up for a fucking meeting it's it's really is and just the goblin you know, stuff like, is brewing yeah so it's, yeah it is, it's 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 going on it's heavy jason what you got so it's it's interesting that we talked about sex criminals um which in essence is about time as well as a female narrator uh talking to us and sometimes breaking the fourth wall because I read another book on a completely different plane of the comics world that also features a female narrator breaking the fourth wall and dealing with time. She-Hulk. No. Ah. Uh, this is uh, the the latest uh, graphic novel from... Uh, I received this as part of the shipment I just got in from Mr. Chris Starros at Top Shelf. And give it. Part of the big sale. Um, and this is We Can Fix It. A Time Travel Memoir by Jess Fink. Now, some of you may remember Jess Fink as the brains behind Chester 5000, which is an ongoing webcomic. And, uh, Second she re- Chester 5000 reference tonight. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I was a big fan and reviewed the, uh, the collected edition of it in great detail last year. Uh, now that, um, unlike this, was, was uh, unapologetic hardcore uh, porn comics. Um, this is a very different... Uh, type of thing, and I hope that um, again, I, 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 I'm, I'm down with that scene, but I, I, I'm sure that there are others who maybe you know aren't down with that kind of thing, and I hope that uh, that that her um, with Jess, Jess's association with that didn't uh, impede some people from trying this because this is really a much different uh, work. Um, there's certainly a little bit of sex in it. But it's a, it's a much more of like a PG rated type of book, and and in essence, it too is about it's about um, a female character comes back from the future where time travel is possible, and she goes back to different periods of her life and tries to get her younger selves to not make something she perceives to be a mistake. Uh, and um, and the interesting thing about this is that it starts off in a very naughty way, like she goes back in time looking to remember some of the best. Uh, sexual moments she's ever had, like to recreate them, relive them. And uh, then she like tries to get one of her younger selves to teach him how to give a proper blowjob. Uh, she makes out with her younger self, which is kind of weird at first, but then she's like, oh, it's like masturbating. So it starts off kind of naughty, which again, if you know Jess Fink's other works, you're thinking, okay, this is a Jess Fink book. But within the first few pages, it transitions again into a much more PG uh, uh, mode. And, and I, I don't know if that was intentional on her part, you know, but 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 intentional or not, I found it to be a really interesting um, transitional decision on her part. But at the at at the heart of it, this is just a fun, uh, funny and well paced uh, slice of life book. Um, you know, she 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 clearly doesn't take herself. You just lost too, Tomio too seriously. No, <laughs> this, this is not a book for Tomio. Um, she clearly does not take herself too seriously. There's there's a ton of really funny anecdotes in this. Um, and and it, at the end of the day, she you know she just as with all things, she she comes to the conclusion that she really can't change her past, and that really she shouldn't. Like like the the our who we are today is the sum total of our experiences, both good and bad. 
Um, and, and that's what makes us who we are. So, um, so, but she, she, you know, she needs to go through this crazy time traveling journey to come to that conclusion. And, uh, I just highly recommend this. It's, uh, and again, not for, if you're a fan of, of Jess Fink's more, um, lascivious works, this, this is, you know, definitely, um, f- fine. I mean, in the sense that you, cause you already appreciate the creator, but, but if, even if that's not your scene, I would give this a try, uh, because I think it's a really well written, smartly written, um, uh, book and and you know we often or well, not often but every now and then we'll get those uh, questions from people that maybe don't read many comics you know the old oh well you know if I wanted to get my girlfriend interested in comics or if I wanted to get my wife to read a comic this should be on that short list if you're because this is uh, a, a comic written by a strong willed clearly self confident woman uh, about what it's like to be a, a girl and and transition into an adult you know adulthood and living with the the choices she has to make and. uh it's great. It's a, it's a it's a terrific book. I mean, I, I think it cost me three bucks because it was part of that top shelf sale. Uh, it's fourteen ninety five cover price, but again, I'm sure you could pick it up for a, a pretty decent discount from in stock or somewhere like that. So uh, definitely hook it up, man. I'm telling you, you, you guys would all enjoy it, D- David. I mean, you with Menage Three. I mean, I, like I just think this is right up your alley. I, I don't I don't know if you tried Ch- Chester Five Thousand ever, but but uh, but but this this is very much in that sort of vein. I think it's it's like naughty, but but not you know not not for the sake of of it just being sexual. So uh, I think you'd enjoy it. So awesome! Mm-hmm. Hey everybody, thank you for being with us. You are the bomb. <laughs> you are, and we hope you'll join. I forgot my my train of thought got derailed <laughs> again. We we hope you join us again next week, same uh, time, same channel, and uh, doesn't cost you anything. And join us. Why? Because I say it every week. Because we love you so much. Sort of strong. Love's a very strong word. Love is. Yeah, I love love. We we appreciate you. Although we'd we'd really, we we definitely wouldn't mind some some new new, uh, iTunes reviews. That's true. That's true. Um, Solicit our sponsor because they're the best. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. give us a hug when you see us in New York. And also, wow, which you, which a lot of you do do, but but it's always welcome, and we thank you for it. When you're at cons or at shows, and you go up to an artist to buy their stuff or talk to them, and it's because you heard about them on our show, Tell let them. us know that. Yeah, they love, they that's love a it. Good idea, that, and it, it, it helps us, and we appreciate it. That's why Jason makes the money. <laughs> makes the money, sure. honey. Bye. We love you so much. And Later. call call David, please. Yeah, call yeah, him for real. You yeah. gotta call him. He's lonely. Oh, I'll find one of them like at Home Depot. That's true. Yeah, or he's, or he's driving through the Jewish section of Chicago. Bonnie and Clyde. That was funny. That reminded me of my favorite Jew. Yep, that's true. And he says, "Well, gee, thanks." And I'm like, "Um, you more than Rucka, even." Yeah, I was, Wait, I was Jewish. I was touched. Uh, I didn't know Rucka was Jewish. Are you serious? Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a great note to end on. <laughs> well, no, I'm sorry. I, I had no idea. I mean, and, I mean, I didn't know. Why so, yeah, would I more, that? The, the moral of the story is very much, much stuff. Oh, okay. His his uh, original surname was Ruckaberg, but he changed it. Yeah. Over. Well, I mean, I I know Bendis is Jewish, and, you know, but I didn't know Rucka was. Everyone that knows the world is Jewish. <laughs> Bendis not Jewish. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Come and see what that Messiah.
sedang di hatiku Ada cinta damu Untuk kemiliku Seberapa seribu Apatah ibu masayamu Bye-bye Apatah ibu masayamu Matahari ribu Kamu dicintaku Kasih sayang ibu Buka orkins bayu Bye-bye Kamu sih utama sayangmu 